Are you tired of the same old pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on Powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 4,000 hours of the best pro wrestling events from over 110 of the biggest names in the industry from over 15 countries around the globe. Get your free trial today at Powerslam.tv. This is Jordan Grace, and you're listening to the Social Suplex Podcast Network. BWB, this is One Nation Radio. You better get it right. Rich Ladder, James Boyd came to give them life. The Blackest Wrestling Podcast has come to kick all ass and drop it six feet if they kick it trash. Word, let me welcome y'all to something different. And if you dig it, man, you should let some friends listen. We be getting it in. That's on the regular, dude. Ravish and flow, but this shit rule. See, James don't rap, so I had to break it down. The whole network, man, we coming for the crown. Raps in the columns, I keep them both covered Making the beats too, so the listeners can bump it Hit us with the rating, yeah, I'm saying it's a five Before you hit it, talk, bob your head side to side It's One Nation Radio, and this is the beginning It's Rich, and I'm here with James It's time to listen to One Nation This is Mike Sempervivi from WrestlingObserver.com Check me out on Wrestling Observer Live every day And also check out your boys, Rich and James, on One Nation Radio uh, This is Kenny Omega, we're listening to One Nation Radio Check it out guys, these guys know what's up Big Kenny Omega fans, that's all it counts to me Goodbye and good night, hey Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this week's edition of One Nation Radio I'm your host James Boyd And also we're here with Rich, of course Rich, let's see if we can hear you this time so, uh, I have arrived. Um, I have been watching uh, these white folks wear Kente cloth all day, and <laughs> I'm making sure that I uh, am going to go ahead and order myself some just, you know, to have at this Your point. Ironic Kente cloth. Okay. So, I am right now, uh, I can actually see your audio here, which is good because, like, I checked it beforehand. It was working, and then it stopped. It did, when we started recording the first like five minutes of the show, it didn't work, which makes no damn sense. Like, what's the point of uh, having presets saved if they don't preset and save? Anyway, yeah, yeah uh, I guess we're gonna have to do the Kente cloth joke and gag all over again. Um, <laughs> yeah, man. So I don't even know. I thought we were talking about well-meaning white people. Yeah, that's what it was. And like. In the growing pains of this, even as a black person, of the things you 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 learn when in school or uh, just in life up to a certain age, and then like once you get out of high school, the things you're gonna have to learn on your own, you know, as your uh, your social network kind of like expands, you're, there's gonna be growing pains. That's just that's just life, and because of this country and segregation and, and the like, with people's social networks, like those things. Are are going to happen to you even while you're well-meaning and you're going to trip and you're going to stumble and whatnot and you're going to make mistakes and the thing is not to take it too hard and still and not be discouraged and continue towards the path of uh you know learning and that is what has taken place with this kente cloth because i don't know what the fuck's going on like i don't know who told them to do this this <laughs> like i understand like the um the national or, or the congressional black caucus they rock kente cloth at times i don't know how often but 
for the rest of the uh, establishment Democrats to come out with the kente cloth on, and they took a knee, and like Nancy Pelosi. <laughs> Hey, got, so. got the joint on. It just it it, it it looked real. It looked real AME church in there. It, that's it, it real Pan African in there. So so Nancy Pelosi. I don't know if she dressed herself, but uh, she picked the right color to go with it. It, it, it was kind of you know kind of fly you know on her. She. I, I'm just I'm I'm upset somebody didn't go all out. Why did it, why did they didn't wear the hat? The why didn't they wear the kufi? Yes. Why didn't they wear the kufi? I think somebody might then like no, that's too far. <laughs> I want to know who the person that said that's too far. Like I saw on Twitter, somebody uh, had a tuxedo and the jacket was kente cloth, and they said like this is what they this is what they was really gonna wear. And I was like, yo, this is this is wild. This is uh, yeah, wild. yeah, I think I saw that one too. Yeah, it had it was like yeah, kente cloth tux jacket, oh, jacket with like a, with black lapels. Anyway, uh, yeah, man, that's that's. That's, you know, they hey, get drugged for it, but whatever, like, hey, that's whoever. part of it. Like, like if, if you want to, like, you know, stand in solidarity and all that, you're going to have to get these jokes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, What I will say, though, is, like, I wonder if there was some type of communication between the, the Congressional Black Caucus and them, and then I want to know, like, if they never said anything, they're just going to do it, which is always a bad idea. Or they asked, and then somebody was being slick and wonder if they was really going to do it, and then they didn't, and all of a sudden they turn on, they turn on C-SPAN and were like, oh my god! <laughs> look at them! Look, man. <laughs> Those, look, I, I refuse to believe there's, it, there's not at least one member of the CBC that ain't laughing. Like you know, that went home for the day and be like, look what we got, what we got these people to do, <laughs> dude. Speaking of that, what do you think Kamala Harris's email looks like today? Not on a normal day oh, today. Man. A lot of asking for permission. A lot of you know, uh, check this out. A lot of, um, but no, because she was in the kitchen cloth. Do you think they asked Kamala? And I mean, they, she was like, nah. uh, yeah. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> I don't know, man. Like, because she's kind of younger, but I don't know. She's she's so, like, she's got roots in politics now. So it ain't like it's like someone's like, like AOC's age or something like mm-hmm. that, right? It ain't like that where, hey, they brought me or you out there. We'd be like, hey, y'all gonna get clowned if y'all do this. <laughs> yeah, like, don't get me wrong, like, I want nothing to do with politics, but, like, I, I, I think that uh, <laughs> there is some value on having enough black people around you. And I obviously, like, I don't want to turn this into you need to have enough black, uh, black people around you, politicians and companies, so that, like, you don't commit a racism. But uh, it does help to have people around you and you share their ideas and you communicate with them so that you can have an idea of, like, how uh, the other side looks at it without necessarily what and have an idea of how the other the other side will receive as opposed to feeling like you just need people to give you a quick yes or no and you can hang up on them move on with your day like it, it's so weird like I don't see where the learning is because this, this in this case or in general but in this one is like 
this is one where you're gonna get dunked on and like i i really don't know where to go from here like but so it, was a, it was a funny one if y'all, else, find, uh, if y'all find any good um you know politician kente cloth memes Make sure y'all put those in the One Nation Radio Discord channel so we can all laugh together as a family. You know, y'all the listeners and us the hosts because, like, these jokes deserve to be had. They deserve to be shared. Oh, man. Yeah, so, I don't Anything else that popped up for you that you thought was uh, funny or interesting over the uh, past week? Uh, I've been introduced to the concept of defunding the police. Hmm. This week. Interesting. Like, I, you know, as much as I'm kind of you know, in tune with it, but I just hadn't really got on that. Like that's been like a new thing that I've seen. And I'm like, Hmm, quite an interesting, uh, concept here. I think, I think the best, I think the, uh, the part that like pe- making people freak out because it's like, once you say defund the police, they mean like, are you saying just get rid of them like all together? And it's like, no, of course not. You fucking moron. Like, <laughs> No, like some people, have, some people need to go to jail. Get the fuck out of here. Uh, but like, um, I think like move some of that money around. Yeah, it's like, look, some of these police departments are overbearing, and they are not working in good faith with uh, the the idea of their their with getting funded by our tax dollars to protect and serve. Well. And also, there's a lot of situations that policemen are tasked with that they are ill-equipped and ill-prepared for, right? Like, mm-hmm. just, for example, like, mental health, for example. Like, police officers are rarely trained to handle, like, de-escalation with people that have, that may potentially have uh, mental health issues. And you throw that in um, with the amount of people of uh, from the neighborhoods they patrol that are poorly uh, cared for as far as health or mental health and like that sounds like a recipe disaster for me don't you think so if you give a smaller budget of taxpayer dollars to the police departments and start something else up in order to be a branch in between an exit ramp between police on foot in and um and nothing then i think that would stop some of this it's it's a it's a step from a policy standpoint so that's just one kind of a way to just hit yeah, it's kind of a way to just hit back at the cops a little bit. I haven't, I won't pretend to be an expert in it because I've just like kind of stumbled upon the concept. But mm-hmm. I'm like, all right, let's 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 find a way to kind of hit back at them. Like, let's hit them in the pocket. And be like, hey, we we gonna go ahead and um, tighten up some of this funding. Um, well, as know. far as that part, so, as far as like lowering some of that stuff, as far as uh, what's going on in the streets right now, it is like, well, if we stop giving some of these some of this uh, military equipment that is out of quote unquote obsolete for the military and giving it to uh, police departments, then um then yeah maybe maybe just maybe uh it wouldn't be so bad and maybe just maybe like we don't need to have you know a defense fund that is like as big as like two through whatever number of uh, countries in the world as far as uh, defense uh, spending like the biggest stick thing has always been a problem in this country and it's always been used as an excuse to like avoid trying to um for lack of a better word like build a uh a middle class for for uh black people in general or people of color in the rest of this country in general so we we were omitted from that after uh world war Two when the gi bill like basically you know backed all these loans for or down payments and loans for houses for people we never got that that's part of the reason. That's part of you know um, a lot of people's cases for reparations. Nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Maybe you want to type that into your Google. Um, yeah. Anyway, 
but yeah, it's just uh, it's a, it's a lot of ideas. Like I'm not saying that I'm 100 percent forward. Like I have to look. Obviously, you know these there are unintended consequences of anything that quote unquote radical, but it's something worth looking into. Yeah, like at this point, like I hate to use the phrase, it's like what do we have to lose? Oh, God. <laughs> like <laughs> oh, that that's an all timer. Um, yeah, but I guess we should uh we should we should go on to uh like it's funny that like <laughs> that was Trump's like call out for Trump black people to vote for him. Bitch. What do yes. you have to lose? Lose and like the answer is now your life, motherfucker, your life, my life. <laughs> <laughs> you take, if you don't take your ass on with that bullshit. This man uh, came out here and said George Floyd would be happy about the unemployment. You know, he said some. He said some ridiculous like that last week. He said it's a good day for Americans. Like you know, like George Floyd would look at, look down and be happy or something like that. And I was like, so you telling me that George Floyd would be happy to see the unemployment rate go down? Hey, Rich. But as opposed to being alive, Rich, how often do you think the average American thinks about the unemployment rate? They don't because the numbers are fake. That's why. <laughs> Besides, yeah, that too. Yeah, like the average person doesn't give a flying fuck about the macro of the national economy. Sorry, like the average American does not give a flying fuck about the SP five hundred or the Dow Jones. Yeah, um, Lyndon McMahon was on Twitter. Oh, God. Just jumped out of nowhere. Um, and I think it was like radio silence, like <laughs> on that. But in some ways, that's like, you know, it's a real tough position for uh, the WWE wrestlers because they uh, they got off on uh, like Gunner real quick, but it's a whole new kind of um, level, you know, when you're talking about the McMahons and who, potentially fucking up your push slash your bread. Yeah. Correct. So uh, there's got to be somebody in there that be like, yo, y'all say y'all with us or y'all say, you know, this is what you care about. How much you, do you really care about it? There's got to be somebody there. Well, I, well, one thing is like you're asking is if that's some like unknowable answer. We have a pretty good idea. And, and they also have a pretty good idea, too. They, in fact, they have yeah. probably they in most cases they have a lot more information than we do. So like, yeah, like people the people that are they're signing the contracts. What do you want to do? You want them to like be stuck on or put on ice for the rest of their life? Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a tough um, it's a tough situation. But yeah, I saw that Linda McMahon tweet and I was like, read the room. That that's like the. Um, the phrase of like the last month, it seems like read the room. Like, do you see what's going on out here? Open your damn eyes. <sighs> yeah, I remember like, you know, two Americas, two different, different worlds. I mean, yeah, yeah, they're different Americas. But like when you're when you're that level of rich, you're that isolated, you know, things like that this can happen. Room. Yeah, that is yeah. the room she's yeah. reading. Like I mean, look at you know, well, I'm not even going to talk about the political ties and tying it into whether or not they can tell stories. Because there's plenty of like right wingers that can tell stories, but whatever. Um, so I can tell you a story. <laughs> <laughs> there's, uh, there's this, you know, there's this book, right? Oh, I ain't gonna do it. Yeah, please don't. Please do not. Do not go there. Um. Yeah. Anyway. Um. So. 
we can just move on and talk about NXT uh, Takeover in your house. Um, what were your overall thoughts? Um, I thought it was a. I thought there was good wrestling up and down the show. Mm-hmm. I thought there was, um, you know, the aesthetic of the show. I loved in your houses as a kid. Uh, I loved Todd Pettingill. I loved. I'm a child of the new generation era. Um, I loved hearing the big voiced overdub guy in the beginning. Um, the standard of excellence, like that, you know, that whole thing, just the Ico Pro, all that stuff. I loved it. Um, as far as the show, I think the consensus is like NXT TakeOver kind of missed for the first time in like a really long time. Uh, some of the matches didn't quite hit their marks, especially the uh, men's title match. I think Gargano and Lee was good, but it, what it didn't, you know, like when we see Johnny Gargano and Keith Lee, we're thinking match of the year candidate, but right. we didn't get that. Um and then, you know, of course, the the finish, like with Charlotte losing the title, but not losing is, you know, bound to like, we're going to get into that in a minute. I'm going to absolutely brutalize them and punish them for that. Um, but I liked some of the undercard stuff. Uh, that was the uh, the six woman opener and Priest and Balor, I thought was really good. Uh, but I think there was a there was a there was just a feeling that was missing. And I think the crowd was terrible. Um, through a lot of it, um, <laughs> there like because it's like it, like if you contrast it just to AEW and you see how they have the wrestlers reacting, like they have the heels on one side and the faces, and it feels like they all kind of react naturally to a the match and b their characters. Yeah, the NXT wrestlers are in there literally being the NXT universe, so it's like they're all like not kind of reacting to the right things. Like there was a spot in um, Lee and Gargano. Gargano jumped through the middle of the ropes and did a tornado DDT, and there was like no reaction. And right. I was like, "What the fuck's going on? Like, I don't like y'all, y'all didn't react to this. Like, what the fuck?" And then they would randomly do like this is awesome chance, like when it was like out of place. It kind of felt like, and it, I think the crowd was like a hindrance uh, most of the night. Um, <clears throat> but I don't know, man. Like, uh, you know, I think they got a. They got to figure something out with, with NXT because it seems like it's rapidly changing right now. Uh, Gargano and Ciampa are kind of being lessened at the moment, and it looks like they're in a period of transition with, with Riddle leaving. Um, the tentpole events are usually on point. Like, we look at Portland and War Games, even though War Games is a little goofy, but it's it. they flirt with not having, having an identity and then having one. Um, almost like every sets of like two or three weeks, it seems like it all goes to hell. And I don't know if that's <laughs> interference from outside forces uh, with like Vince. That's part, or of if it. it's like, or if it's like the format of them going week to week. And if you think about it, uh, this week last year was NXT Takeover twenty five, which is like awesome, awesome show. Yeah, and that's like their that doesn't exist or anymore. Third best takeover ever, and it feels like that doesn't. It feels like that doesn't exist anymore. Like that whole feeling that was around it. But um, what would you think? Um, it was a good show. Was it to the standard of the takeovers we've seen since Nakamura showed up? No. Um, I had fun watching it, but it was a good show. Is not a show of the year contender, which is what takeovers have been at like nonstop for the past you know four years. So, um, so I understand anyone is disappointed for it because it was quote unquote disappointing. Um, so I, 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 f- I understand that, but I thought I still had a blast watching it. Um, <clears throat> I, 
I there was nothing that peaked that I thought like this is a match of the year contender for WWE, which is I don't think that I can remember last time that happened on the takeover. Um But um the triple threat match main event um was a great match. Priest versus uh Balor was a great match. Johnny versus uh Keith Lee was a match that I think would have gotten four stars from a lot of people had it been in front of a normal crowd, but like you pointed out with the crowd not reacting the way that they're supposed to and all these, like, you know, people that are new to wrestling uh, apparently have never watched wrestling before or not know how to react to wrestling. Uh, there's there's that, too. Um, I thought, honestly, I thought every match on the show, like, regardless of, you know, how um, level of good it was, was at the very least good, except the NXT men's titles match. Yeah, um, I think that match was a um, a mild disaster, <laughs> I would say, and um, we'll get to it uh, when yeah. we're going through the car. But yeah, so um, yeah, let's let's go through the first match. Um, women's uh, six per- six women title match. Women's six women title match. My God, uh, six women title match. Uh, Tegan Knox and Mia Yim in uh, Shotzi Blackheart versus. Uh, Candice LeRae, Raquel Gonzalez, and is it Raquel Gonzalez or just Raquel? I don't know if they cut her name. Uh, I think it's it's still Gonzalez. Yeah, for now. Okay, Raquel Gonzalez and Dakota Kai. Um, Dakota came for- out. She she's dyed her hair pink. Um, in um, honor of Hannah, which is funny because Hannah's hair only been pink since like around a year ago this time. But whatever. Um, and she's known and she's known uh, Hannah before for years. But whatever. Uh, so. There's that. Um, they they have a really good match. Uh, they worked really hard. I thought that they went to the dives a bit too early, but it still worked. No one died when they did dives this time. They caught you know Shotzi this time. Um, it was funny seeing like someone the size of Mia, but especially the size of uh, Candice brawling to the back like giants in a Royal Rumble. Yeah, yeah so the, the old uh, Survivor Series brawls of the back protect them both. Yeah, uh, spot. Yeah. Um, so that continues their feud, which I like. I, you know, they have this is a this is what I like this being on the show because in the past, you know, three weeks as they like, you know, kind of like pulled themselves out of that, you know, that bad period when they had that, you know, the garbage finishes on those title matches with Charlotte and Adam Cole and Velveteen and. Um, in EO and you know they they get they bait and switched you with uh, Velveteen and Balor like one of the things that they've done to try to pull themselves out of that was focus on their mid card of the women's division and like the fact that they got on the card I appreciate that they worked their ass off this was if this had been on a t- on a TV um uh, episode of NXT like this would have been like look at you'd been pointing and like, look at the quality and this I'm glad that they were able to be showcased on the pay-per-view uh yeah I I like this match a lot. It was fast. They came out the gate uh, like they knew, like they had a point to prove. Right. Uh, I think I, I went three and three quarters on this. I just was mm. really happy with it. Actually, I might have went three and a half. Sorry, okay. three, and, three and a half. Um, and I thought that um, Tegan uh, looked good. Like as far as um, yeah. the dive she did, anytime she's diving to the outside, you kind of just yeah. hope she doesn't get hurt. But yeah. Um, I, I'll never be a fan of her choke slam, but, <laughs> but, um, you know, yeah, like you can kind of see what match was designed to do, do and Dakota Kai forever a loser. Yeah. Um, and it's funny because like 
Dakota, or sorry, uh, she pins Dakota, and then you look at the feud overall, and hopefully that's the last time that's the end of the feud. But it's like Dakota turn heel, and I think the I think it might be an even record, but like I think it might be two and two. Yeah, it's two and two. Uh, Tegan won the first match. Tegan had the other two matches completely won, if not for Raquel Gonzalez, and then she pins her here. And it's dressed like, in all black. Yeah, yeah, it's looking dominant. And it's like you think like tall, impressive athlete, specimen, all black in your house. Oh my God, it's Diesel. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so you had that and like. Like Tamina should be shaking looking at her. Like, right? Oh my god. I don't know. Like I would say yes because I feel like Tegan has a lot more potential to eventually be something. Like at the worst, like you know, Raquel. She, uh, Raquel is what I mean. Yeah. yeah. Like so so yeah, yeah, like that that could be the repl- potential for replacement. Um Yeah, I, I thought Tegan was I thought Tegan and Candace were both like very good in match. So was so was um Mia, um, those are the three that stood out, which makes sense because those are the three biggest stars out of out of the six. So that was good. Um, I wonder what's next for Tegan. Maybe it's, you know, maybe it actually is building towards Tegan and um, and Candice after Candice, you know, does whatever with Mia. Like, because they they kind of have teased that over the past couple of weeks that like while all this has been going on is like when you turn heel, like you kind of like you know you kind of broke my heart, Candice. So like eventually mm-hmm. we'll get to that I think. Yeah. Uh, so up next we had um, Finn Balor against Damian Priest. I thought this was awesome. <laughs> um, this to me was Finn Balor's best match in WWE, um, and it was like he was a babyface fighting this like big heel that's athletic, and they didn't tell us he was too small. They didn't say he was at a disadvantage. They didn't uh, tell us that, you know, he was outmatched. No, they just let the dude go out there and fight for himself, and it felt like um, watching, ironically, like Shawn Michaels versus Diesel, um, you know, at an in-your-house where there's a small dude and there's an athletic dude, and of course, you know, Priest a little bit more evolved than Diesel. Was there uh, a prosthesis that was pulled off of any uh, former um, notable wrestler and you as a problem. There, no. there should have been. God. <laughs> there should have been. Boo. Boo this man. There should have oh. been. Um, but yeah, Damian Priest was taking like Shawn Michaels on the coffin bumps. Um, so like scary. that big one. That I didn't know if it was like I was like, why are you doing this? Like in front of in front of like that crowd, don't do it in front of that crowd. Do it in front of like actual fans. Like if he had dropped four inches, it felt like if he, four inches further out, it could yep. have been some Rick Rude, Shawn Michaels casket deal. Yeah, yeah like when I saw bad. it, I thought that's exactly what happened. I was like, he may have just broken his back. That's the first thing I thought. Yeah, um, but yeah, overall the match was awesome. They were hitting each other hard as fuck, and it was like explosive and. They were um, just, just like subverting your expectations, like things that make Ichi matches great. Uh, mm-hmm. They were doing that, and uh, Priest looked like you know a guy that's going to be you know useful for some. Then I thought these guys, wow, they're both thirty eight. Like, <laughs> so, so like, what the fuck, man? Like, like get these dudes up and rolling, like, like or get Priest up and rolling. Get him the fuck out of here. Get him like you know push him. 
Like I think I think that's what the point of that was. Like it wasn't like when he stood <laughs> over like uh Dragonoff at um what was that? Uh Takeover Blackpool 2, right? When he beat Dragonoff. Yeah, when he stood over him like I've beaten you, you're completely destroyed and like he did the same thing to Johnny at Portland. It's like, no, I've beaten you def- decisively and I'm paying you no respect. Like at the end of that match, like they traded like you know their their poses at each other like between the the double the double finger guns and then like the 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 bow. So it's like, and then old commentary to put over is like, this wasn't some some typical situation where like Balor could have been beaten. Like, there's a reason after that bump where he goes for the razor's edge, which is funny because it's like they were pointing out he tried to go for the razor's like two or three times. He actually got it one time on the apron and, and then um, you know you also point as like tall like tall uh latin guy quote-unquote except you know Damian priest actually really puerto rican in yeah. you know it's as opposed to fake cuban uh scott hall but uh you know after he goes off and bumps off of the uh the bottom half of the stairs he hits him with the uh the coup de gras to the back of the hit or to his back and then he hits him with another one to put him away because it's like this dude took me to my limit. He had me beat. I quote unquote got lucky. I have to make sure he's done. Like he reached that level of desperation. I have to hit him with two of my finishes. All right. Back and I have, so I haven't liked much of what Finn Balor has been doing um, match wise in NXT. Like I didn't really like the riddle match. I didn't necessarily love the Johnny Gargano match. Mm-hmm. I thought it was good, but I didn't think it was, you know, up to what Johnny had normally been doing. But uh, this one, I think Balor found something like, do it like this. Like, <laughs> so. Yeah, I think it's the thing where, like, if you if you were into watch NXT more often, I think you would have a more, pre- you'd be kind of be more closer to, like, where I'm on, where it's like, he's on, he has good matches or great matches, and then, like, you know, and they, they protect him or whatever else. Like, he had a match with, at, in the opener of the the Dusty Cup show, the show that I was at with, with Trent Seven, and he beat the shit out of Trent You know Trent Seven's great at selling. It was mm-hmm. it was so fun to watch. Um, he has a match with... I'm trying to think who else he has a match with. Uh, the match with Cameron Grimes is good until they did the, the stuff with um, the Priest coming in. So they'll be uh, doing a rematch of that this week. Okay. Yeah, like that's gonna match is gonna be really good. Um, because you know, like regardless of whatever you you know, however much of a geek Cameron Grimes is, once the bell rings, he can go. Um. Yeah. So of course he was in PWG, James. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I look. I'm sure there are some people there in PWG who's like, mm, I don't know. Cause look, not every because not everybody that's a that's a best of the super junior person is great either. Like Dookie. So, um, but what I will say is, uh, you know, I think that this lost quote unquote elevated priest. I, I don't know to where, like, but I think now that we're going to get, you know, with like the downward trend of Gargano, the downward trend of, um, Champa, like somebody has to rise up and killer cross or killer. Sorry. carrying cross clearly one of them. And like priest was so, um, impressive in the match. And he got the respect on commentary and put over on commentary. And also the thing with Ballard at the end of the match is like, I could de- like I could definitely see him going up, coming up the ladder too. Mm-hmm. Um, especially when it's like we don't know when Keith Lee gets called. It's just a matter of time, right? So, 
Who knows? Um, yeah. Speaking of that, we're getting into that next. So we had Keith Lee versus Johnny Gargano for the North American title. Um, I watched the video package and saw this, and I felt severely underwhelmed by it. This mm. is what they did for Johnny Gargano versus Keith Lee. Yep. The size difference between these guys is like fucking comical. Like it was like, <laughs> yo, like I, I don't know, like it, I, I, I thought the storyline, the promo package, like it stunk, and then like the key thing, uh, it was it was funny seeing Doc Hendricks on there, and then he turns uh, the thermostat to sixty nine because it's because it's haze. It's like yeah. This is some insider shit here. It's <laughs> some uh, insider shit. But like he did like the, like the whole thing with the keys. Like I'm like, man, I just want to see these dudes have a match. But um, I think they played along with uh, their size stuff uh, well. Um, Johnny would have to hit him like three times to rock Keith Lee. Keith Lee would hit him once One and time. he would fall. Yep. I noticed that too. Um, but. Yeah, this one, uh, as I mentioned, I may have mentioned before, uh, the crowd was just not reacting the right way, like for the near falls and um, some of the big moves like that, um, mm-hmm. that, that diving DDT through uh, tornado DDT through the ropes. That's like yep. a, you know, that's like a, you know, run it back, uh, big yes. holy shit moment. And, and the crowd was like silent. I was like, oh, this crowd is horrible tonight. <laughs> yeah, so. Um, I've watched the match. I watched Takeover again. Um, and this match, did they just not have good chemistry with each other? Nah, like it's a stupid thing they do in NXT to where like with Keith Lee when he like for example the match the North American title match against Roddy Strong, they gave him a fluke injury a fluke like last second injury on his foot. So and the match wasn't nearly as good because it's Keith Lee and he's selling for these tiny dudes. And granted, these are two of the best, whether it's strong or ground, these are two of the best technical wrestlers in the world and storytellers in the world. However, no one paid to see Keith Lee sell. And regardless of how good the, the work was, it's just like, yeah, I like this, but dot, dot, dot. And the dot, dot, dot is they could be doing something else that would be a lot more entertaining. Um, and number one, like, I thought that, you know, the beginning of the match where, where Johnny is like, all right, well, he's huge. So I'll just out quick him and I'll hit and move or, or I'll stick and move. And I'll, you know, I'll try to get, you know, get to his hand, his bad left hand. And like, he tries to get to his hand. He throws him off him like a, like a, like, you know, like a, like a toddler. And then he's like, all right, I'll speed him. And then all of a sudden they do like that strike exchange and he comes with that big kick and Johnny's like, holy shit, he's so fast and quick. Like, and then like from there, he's like, okay, I, you know, I'm in over my head and, you know, he whoops his ass a little, or Johnny gets his ass a little bit and then he, you know, he tries to take his ass back to his house. <laughs> and then they do the, the ring bell spot and like the ring bell camera, which I thought was just really, really, uh, I thought it was really, really unique, and I thought it was cool. Um, and then they get back into the ring, and then Johnny, you know, starts working over that hand. He's like, I still got that hand. I still got that hand. And then he gets his hand, um, and then he starts working over his eye. And I thought it was really cool the stuff he's doing his eye, with his uh, the hand-to-eye stuff, where it's like, if he he's using, like, his palm to pierce in, like, the bone of his thumb to pierce into his eye to avoid, like, quote-unquote eye-poking and gouging, which is illegal, but it's, like, skirting the line, and, like, he's doing all this stuff because without that, he cannot quick him, and he can't get to his, and he can't, like, go into a strike battle, and then he worked him over so bad, and, like, Keith Lee for 
such a gigantic um, size difference is good at selling. Um, and then, you know, he, he keeps trying to fight back, get back to his feet, and eventually he lays out Johnny, and then it turns to the strike battle that, that you know, that we kind of want or whatever else. That was really good. And then you start getting to the near falls, and then we're done, but it's like... Bro, for some people, I could see not being into it. Like I, it's a match. That, like is this? I think this probably is Johnny's worst uh, takeover match. But I'm giving it. I still think it's a three and a half star match. But like you're expecting a whole star better between those two. But it's, but a lot of it's because like this is a story they wanted to tell because you know Triple H and Sean and Vince and the the Rose Dog. One, and look, this is their one baby face that I feel like is like. Like mm-hmm. un like like pure good guy, yep. pure like seems like they have an idea, and this is what they did with them, <laughs> right? And and like this is in like the in, you know the average age of the, of the audience, like maybe they just feel like our audience can will not buy this if they just go out there and just have a match like they can, and this is what you get is like all right, well that's what you get. You should look, you should let them do their match and had a four and a half star match and call it a day, and instead you end up with a three and a half star match. <laughs> Still yeah. fun, still really smart, still a lot of good work done, but you know those two have a better match. Yeah. Um they did like four kickouts in a row uh at the oh, end. Super kicks, yeah. Oh, super kicks and like various other moves that Johnny did. I was like, man, just go get a gun. Like, <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> just go get a gun, Johnny. What the fuck? But um yeah, they did the big spot. Um oh, my my theory on the fiberglass. Those oh, things Oh yeah, are- that spot was great. Yeah, but aside from that, like I finally figured it out. Them shits are noisemakers. Yeah, for them to bash on them. Yeah, yeah, like that. Like they're not, like they're not to protect anyone. They're not for anything. That kind of, kind of smart, Vince. Kind of smart. Yeah, like I mean, it's look, do what you can, right? Do what you can. I would like for them to. Um, I would like for them to be more vocal with their cheers than them just bashing on the stuff because, like, the bashing comes at a low tone. Like, it, it, they have to figure something out with their mic or or find better uh, people to cheer. But whatever, it, it's it's fine. It's like, man, we gotta cut them some slack. They've been on the hour, they feed for ten hours. Yeah, that's another with, one. With no lunch. Like, that's another one. Is like, how productive can you be having the same audience, regardless of if they're paid uh, bots or not? You know, they're clones. If, if you're gonna have them sit around and watch, like hours upon hours of wrestling in, in, in for multiple tapings in one day. It's not a good idea. Yeah, yeah. I had to get some more info on how that all works. Yeah. Also, social um, distancing. So much for that when Johnny just goes right through the fucking barricade. It right. was a great spot, but it's like, I saw it, I was like, well, that's so much for that. And it's yeah. like, you know, the first, the very first day they actually, uh, night they got them shits is when, like, the crowd, like, ran into the ring from, um, um, on the main event of that Raw. So it was like, these are clearly just for pro. These are clearly just props. Yeah, clearly. Yeah. All right, let's get to it. NXT title match: Adam Cole and the Velveteen Dream showed up dressed like Negan from The Walking Dead (WWE), continuing their uh, long-running history of being five years late to whatever uh, is you know going on in pop culture. Rich, do you remember when Dave Chappelle did Saturday Night Live? Do you remember, you remember when that happened? No. It was like after Trump had won uh, the election. So that's like either s- December or late November 2016 or early s- okay. 17, right? Because he actually did a Negan a skit. Yeah. skit. Saturday Night Live beaten to the punch by th- over three years. 
Wow. Wow. Um, yeah. So that was just one of many things um, <laughs> in this match. Um, so this is, you know, the pre-shot uh, so-called cinematic match um, with heavily editing. Adam Cole rolls in, rolls in looking like he's about to go, uh, looking like he's driving the joint uh, from the uh, Halloween Havoc 1995 uh, with Hogan and the Giant, you know, oh, monster, monster truck. truck. Yes, looking like he's ready for a round of that kind of fighting. Um, Velveteen Dream, he pulls up. I forgot what he pulled up in. In a, in a yellow Lamborghini. Gotcha. We and know then, that he's yours. Um, yeah, and then, yeah, like, look how you dress. And then Morrow, <laughs> and then, and then Morrow pointed out, like, uh, kind of surprised. I figured he show up in a little red Corvette. And it's like, yeah, yeah. Morrow gets it. Like, Morrow gets it. So, um, flat out, this just didn't click. Uh, it felt like its tone was wrong. Uh, we still have no type of answer on Velveteen Dream, uh, what's going on outside the ring. Right. Um, and, for, the, and for me personally, like that colors what's going on on TV with him, too. Yeah. Um, they tried to put like some comedy elements or they had someone pull up and ask for the Uber, but it wasn't even like comedic. It was just like, what are they doing here? Like this doesn't, this doesn't add anything. Like then there's like a ladder outside. Um, why? I don't know. Um, very basic brawl. And the whole time you're sitting around just like it, it was, it was um, as soon as um, I forgot what happened. Um, but there was a point in the match where it just turned from watching the match to like it's a roast session during this match, uh, all on Twitter and you know everything else. And then <laughs> Undisputed Era comes up, and I'm like, wow, they they had this in the can. They had all the time they wanted to make this good, whatever. They were shooting this late at night, and this is what they came up with. Learn the lesson. Read the room. You just had the stadium stampede go off. You could have, like, it, it was like they were playing this dead ass serious. Like, it was like, it felt like this is not, like, where a championship should be decided. It felt right. like this was like, um, it was just something they felt they had to do, but I don't know why. Like, do they not trust Velveteen Dream to this degree? Or did they just want to do this? Like, oh, this will be great. I don't know, but it, they were just so poorly thought out. Like, it seems, it seems like they didn't take more than like five minutes of thought for this match. Well, the first thing is like, guys, WWE in particular, um, because well, actually, no, it's not it's not AEW thing because like they made it sure to like false count anywhere. So, but like, guys, if y'all want to have this anything goes ass type of match. You have to give me personally, you have to give me the element of urgency that the match could end at any time. If you can pin somebody or slap on a submission like the regardless of how wacky or goofy the uh, the boneyard match was or the um, or whatever. Or the I'm sorry, or the stadium stampede was at any point in time. I felt like somebody could win via pin, submission, or death. Yeah, right. Like 
and the thing that has failed them, whether it was the one heartbeat match or one final beat match or the uh, ladder match or the Money in the Bank corporate uh, Titan Towers match or this match, is that it goes on and it goes on and there's no one and no one is and it turns to it's clearly not a match because they're just going around and wasting our time brawling and not getting to the point or whatever else. So, like for me, watching you know. Watching the stupid ass spot where the fake ass spot where Velveteen, I'm sorry, Adam flees from out the ring. Adam Cole flees from out the ring, gets into the car to try to leave the match. Why did you come here if five minutes ago you just showed up? Why did you show up if five minutes later you're just gonna leave? But whatever, let's let's move. Put that to the side. Yeah. He tries to leave in a vehicle that's not him. That's not his. Uh, looting out there, looting anyway. So, <laughs> will, will, will they um, be getting called out for the looting? Uh, by not. any publications, probably not. Yeah. Velveteen gets on top of this, uh, I think it's a Dodge, this Dodge car with the baseball bat, and he bashes the top of the roof, he bashes in one car's door side, he bashes in another car door side, he takes off one of the uh, side view mirrors. And at no point did Adam Cole say, you know what? He's on top of the hood of this car. Let me go in reverse and, and throw and basically throw his ass off of this vehicle. He's scared to death and is selling like he's scared of getting hit while he's protected by a vehicle from a baseball bat. It, it was so weird. Um, they go, you know, eventually uh, after the Uber spot, uh, um, Cole's able to get away. Then it turns into a where is he? Where is he? You know, duck hunting season. Uh, he, you know, every you know, fire extinguisher spot. They make their way back towards the ringside area or around the you know by the ringside area, and then the ladder comes comes out from out of nowhere. Um, there's a spot where he's about to try to. He's thinking of. He sees like he's going to elbow drop him. You know, while after putting uh, Cole on the hood of the car. He's going to elbow drop him off a ladder, and all of a sudden the uh, the rest of Undisputed shows up minus um, uh, O'Reilly, and like he gets distracted because they put the high beams on, and they blew the horn, and then they get in there. You know, they Adam Cole climbs up. He push he shoves Cole down onto the uh, through the windshield almost. And then they show the blood, the fake blood, and it's like they closed in on his arm to show the fake blood. And it's like we can clearly see those that's that's fake blood, and there's no gashes there. So why would you even do fake blood? No one asked for fake blood. I thought y'all said that blood and guts are barbaric. And and then we'll get to that later. Then the rest of undisputed. Uh, they beat the two guys on the speed. They beat up Velveteen, and then they go to the pickup truck. The to uh, the the. Uh, the trailer and they start throwing chairs into the ring like 30 of them and then for some reason looking at where the chair the chairs where they're throwing them from all of a sudden Roddy like quote unquote one didn't land into the ring and then they show this angle where it's like it's fucking impossible for a chair to have actually like been thrown from there and end up underneath the the fucking ring skirt whatever goes to grab it out comes Dexter Loomis who could have foreseen this me like on well on messenger while watching this match like five minutes before it even happened anyway so he kidnaps them just like he said he was going to kidnap them 
And then Velveteen gets a near fall because uh, they tease the... Um, I'm not even gonna go through the rest of this shit. Like basically, yeah, like it's yeah, just it was, it was not good. It was just not good. Overlong, no sense of urgency, just garbage, just garbage walking brawl. Um, like yeah, and then, like they played it totally serious. Like it's the most dramatic thing ever. And it's like that's not the tone you want for a match like this. You want to be wacky and silly. Like Undertaker and AJ Styles figured that out. The Inner Circle and the Elite figured this out. Those are the two ones that have worked. Like oh shit, take that back. It wasn't even that much cinematic, but like John Cena and Bray Wyatt figured it out too. It'd just be wacky or whatever else, and and out and outside the box. Like, don't try to play this shit as real. Every time is anyone's tried to play this shit for for real, it's failed. To it's mostly failed. Like they they're playing like the music behind it to like try to set the mood and all that. And I'm like, no, I don't want this. Like, why can I? Why can't I just watch wrestling? Right. You know, it's not wrestling. Like, and at least like with the ones we mentioned before, like they're not pretending it's wrestling. So they're so they're literally like leaning into the goofiness and the wackiness of it. Like, I mean, even the um, the ladder like match aware, tried like, that. They didn't, even, they didn't even, you know, do that. It's like there's no self-awareness uh, at times, like whoever's yeah. putting these matches together. Um yeah, but uh, Cole wins, continues this reign, and it's like, what man? Are you are, are they running Adam Cole into the ground here? Like, like what the this, fuck is going on? Who's gonna beat him? Like, <laughs> I don't know if this is the Velveteen Feud's fault, but Adam Cole has, to my knowledge, from what I can recall, hasn't anything of note after having that great of a year last year since uh, Portland. Yeah, he's been done. Like I haven't, I felt like I haven't even heard about him being on TV. Really? Because he, well, he was actually not on TV a lot. Yeah, he was uh, like doing these in almost like you know from the house call in promos or whatever. And I don't know how much of that had to do with social distancing or how mm-hmm. much of that had to do with like some injury. We just don't know about it. They never tell us shit. Or yeah. how much of that was just like, well, what do you want to do? Work with Velveteen more? <laughs> yeah. Um, so, like, looking at it, like, the people that are circling, like, uh, Finn Balor. Um, then there's, like, you brought up Walter, uh, who they could uh, pull in, but that seems th- like, a, like a stretch. But I think without COVID, we would have gotten that by now. Because, like, do you remember um, Worlds Collide? That match was fucking great. And Walter was Walter was the king of kings in that fucking match, right? Like... I mean, obviously, Alexander Wolf getting hurt in that match immediately, like, and they had to work from underneath the whole time, working um three to four. But like, Walter was just like a world beater on that on that World's Collide main event. So it's like, all right, like, what other challenges are there? Like, he had, you know. So right now, for me, the three, the four people that come to mind immediately are Walter, Karrion Cross, Keith Lee. Um, I'm blanking on somebody. Finn Balor, Finn Balor, yeah, those are the ones that immediately come to mind for me. I mean, you could do Roddy, but that means you have to have Roddy win some matches. Supposed to be a setup guy for Cole. Yeah, if it's me, I'm going with Keith Lee. They didn't fuck around with the guy long enough, and we're doing belt versus belt. Uh, Cole's had the belt long enough. Uh, Keith Lee could stand to win both belts or whatever, and then he can vacate it after. Who cares? Yeah. and it's not like they, you know, it's the North American title. Like they've protected it to a good degree, but it wouldn't be the end of the world. And also, there's like a fresh of 
crop of guys there's like that aren't doing shit like Kushida swerve like all the dudes like like you can take a couple dudes that were out of that cruiserweight joint put damian priest in there put um fucking cross in there or chopper or gargano in that tournament and you do like a north american tournament after or whatever yeah so there's a, there's a like they have a bunch of ideas the thing is like there's a clear cast of no they don't have a bunch of ideas that's the problem <laughs> like it seems like they're they're being backed into these corners it well let me like. phrase that i didn't mean to say ideas i mean to say options there's a bunch of options yeah. they have to put them into fruition it's like you look at it it's like look at these potential things they could do and it's like all right well like what have you done to actually like put those things into place oh nothing very little next to nothing <laughs> okay thanks like you know, they could have, like you said, they could have used Kashida or not Kashida, but Swerve over the last few, uh, you know, months or the years since he's been um, on NXT or whatever. So you could have got him ready for a title shot to lose eventually. Like, you know, it's just, it never worked out of way. Like, and granted, like, you know, who knows what they were going to plan on doing with, with guards or some of the, you know, other cruiserweights that are like, seem to like get a certain push, but then like they're not used on NXT because like they're not really on the show. Like mm-hmm. how much how much of the two or five live roster feels like that where like, yeah, they come in it feels like Kashida's not really on the show. Right. That's what I'm saying. It's like whether it's Kashida or Swerve or any of the two any of the dudes like when it was Umberto that was there or it was Garza, it just feels like These interlopers that are just- Right. Austin Theory, another one, like just interlopers, like they're there, they get themselves over it a lot over uh, better, you know, they're like they have things going for them better than like if they were on two or five live, and then like they just basically like all right, you get no push. You're just here to have a match. It's like, well, you could do something with Garza. And then it's like, oh, well, well fuck, you fuck around and do enough with Garza. That they like immediately pluck him and t- put him on the main roster because they see it. It's like, damn, we didn't get a chance to get that. Yeah. Um, so the next match is uh, Karrion Cross uh, against Tommaso Ciampa. Boy, yep. boy, destruction. Yeah. Um, a, a junior uh, Cena versus Lesnar match. I feel yeah. like, yeah. Uh, first of all, they need to stop lying about how big Karen Cross is. He is not 6'4", 265. He's not Brock Lesnar size. Stop the cap. Stop the misdirection. Stop the foolishness. How much do you think hour. he really weighs? He 235, is probably 235, 240. Yep, that's what I'm thinking too. Uh, yeah. And he's probably about 6'2". Like, <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's just he's at next to Ciampa, who's not the biggest guy in the world, right. so it looks better. Uh, it, it actually looks better around a lot of these guys in NXT. So yeah, that's, um, that's kind of been like the you know the thing, like oh he's a monster in NXT, and then it's like oh he's on the main roster now. Good luck trying to work Braun Strowman, guy. Yeah. Um, Speaking of that, where's Lars? This <laughs> <laughs> hey, man ain't seen Lars in, ye- in like years now. It feels like right. Yeah, like that man had that knee injury. Then he had, you know, his past leak onto the internet, and he had, uh, you know, his past leak onto the internet again. And you Dude, know, like, no, seriously, like Lars, Lars showed up what, like the beginning of 2019, right? Bro, they ain't seen him since like the first Saudi Arabia show in 2019. That's like the last time we've seen him. Yeah. Is he yeah. is he done? Is like I don't really care one or the other, but it's like. You know they were, you know they were trying to push him to the moon and like maybe is the suspension still in place and maybe that's what it is. I don't know. I don't know, man. Somebody gonna have to figure it out. He's like, but, look, um, I will not do one bump for no money. <laughs> yes. Um, I don't blame but, him. If that's the case, but you know. 
But um, Cross and Chopper, uh, I thought this was like what it needed to be if you want to get him over as a monster. The mm-hmm. lip syncing is still cringe as fuck. And like when I see it, it's like the whole crowd chanting like the song is like it's not that over. Like, <laughs> like you know, that was one of the uh, one of the terrible crowd parts um, of the night for me. I was like, really? Um, <laughs> and I don't know. Like, I, I like some of the suplexes the guy did, but you know, you didn't scene- learn anything. Yeah, you didn't learn anything. Um, Champa looks like he has to go to hell now. Like he, you don't know what the fuck. Like, where is he supposed to go? Like, yeah. is he going to the main roster? Like, like because it looks like yeah, you about to do uh, like if this is the old territory days. He would be doing jobs to every heel on the way down the card now. Yeah, like he, you know, he came back to um, him and Johnny. <laughs> he came back. Uh, after he came back on the first episode on um, USA Network, he chased after his title. It got delayed because of war games. Uh, he, you know, he finally gets his title match at Portland. Johnny screws him. He loses to Johnny. Cross attacks him. Cross squashes him. It's done. This is it's that's your, that's like and you know you see the stuff that happened on um on Twitter today with with. Uh, Orton or whatever, like that could be a potential angle. It could. And it's uh, like if I were them, I would I would run headfirst into that after this edge thing or whatever, yeah. right? It's like have have Champa be like, yeah, you know, like say if Orton wins, right, and mm-hmm. play it off Edge's neck, like you know, I know me and Edge because they played this up on Edge's documentary, like him and Champa having a relationship. I didn't know that. So like you know, it's because they bonded over the, their necks gotcha. or whatever. So you could have Chompa bring that in, like you know, you. I look at Edge like a mentor, and you know, fuck you, and <laughs> you know, shit like that. So yeah, uh, we know Orton. Like Orton's good. Orton's been so good to like. I mean, I. What's your What's your favorite Orton feud of the last? I don't know, ten years. Would it be Daniel Bryan automatically? Yeah, Daniel Bryan automatically. Yeah, it's like. Because Orton is that kind of talent, even though he never show, he doesn't, he rarely ever shows it. Where it's like he's six fucking four, and he can he can like carry monsters. He could he can, but he can also sell for little dudes. And like in like when I saw you know we saw that with Daniel Bryan over the years or AJ Styles, and it's like he can do that with Champa. He's like a rich man Scott Hall. I never thought of it that way, but yeah, you're yeah yeah, um, and. They um, but yeah, Champa like, he, like Randy Orton called that man um <laughs> the self-appointed leader of a, a locker room leader of a wrestling school. Bitch, I fucking died. <laughs> like, bro, because like when Randy Orton says that shit on Twitter, if you were NXT, you just gotta eat that shit. Yeah. You can't even like, and, and it's also like, because it also like kills all the nonsense that that uh. In propaganda stuff that are like, well, you know, it's you know, it's developing. Like they change their mind between it's a development of the third brand from time to time. It's like, all right, well, if it's third brand, then why does this fucking place keep getting raided? And they never yeah. anything. And the only thing they get returned is Finn Balor and Charlotte, right? And they come in and they don't do any jobs, right? <laughs> third brand, fuck out of here. It's like, no, y'all, and y'all aren't even a developmental necessarily either. Who are y'all developing, motherfucker? All y'all do is make people worse wrestlers. Right. So what's being developed? You know, right, it's like no. This, this is this is this is not a, this is not developmental. This is not a third brand. This is a garage holding Ferraris in the garage, so they can be driven by anyone else. This yes, is a warehouse. Else. Yes. 
Uh, so you it know, is a toolbox. It is whole. Well, it is whole. It, so James, being that you know you formerly had a lot of you know heat for Tommaso Ciampa a couple years ago, how much did you enjoy? Did was there a part of you deep down that just enjoyed this match for for what it was? Did you enjoy no. the destruction of, of Ciampa for tormenting you? You know, no, no, like no, let me be wrong. Like Tommaso Ciampa did not torment me. Paul Levesque tormented me with that fucking booking. <laughs> so like. Obviously, like in the in the few, like ever since the next thing, like I've been cool with Chomp. It's like, look, man, this dude like almost lost his whole career, could have lost his life, could have been paralyzed. I'm done with it, or whatever else. Like, so like I enjoy Chomp, and like, even you, know, you gotta admit, even when I hated his sticking guts and when they called him that dude instead of his name, I always acknowledged like, look how awesome he's been. Always, he's awesome promo, awesome wrestler, has awesome matches, or whatever else. But now he's in this situation where like him and Johnny have both been like downgrade is like it's almost if like remember the sean story where uh where like sean said that like vince wanted to move him to smackdown and sean was like no and he's like if you don't i'll dock your pay and he was like fine and then he walked away like yeah. it's almost like go to the main roster johnny go to the main roster tomorrow so no we'll dock or you'll never get a bigger contract i'm okay with that that's fine and then they just go on with their day you, you'll have the job and matches fine yeah, look even when i was even when i was you know y'all was i was always jobbing what's jobbing now to us right so um you know if that is if that is a write-off for him then i think you know it was appropriate it got the dude over yeah um but we got our main event up next. Yeah, man. Uh, NXT Women's title match, which is funny because, like, I was wondering, like, before the show, immediately, like, could the, are the women going to main event? And then it's funny because, like, Jeremy was like, he's like, I forgot what he said, but uh, he was like, it's probably going to be Dream and, and Velveteen, but, like, that's weak. And I was like, yeah, man, like, that's the reason why I'm asked because it is so weak. And then, sure enough, that ends up being the main event. Charlotte gets some, gets her uh, takeover main event that she never had before. Um, so she, you know, you know tie, just tie like Bailey and, and Sasha. Can I uh, can I start now, James? Can can, can I yeah. just start going in? Or is yours? I'll, so I'll like, after that. So you know, so they they making up to Charlotte again for for stuff she didn't get in the past. Well, I don't think that's actually the case. I was just pointing it out. No, no, no. We you put it on the table. <laughs> and... <laughs> I was saying in jest, but okay, sure. Why not? Just like they did at the Royal Rumble this year, uh-huh. you know, we, we we gonna make up for you know what we didn't give you before, you know, so you won't boo boo face and whatever, you know. So you you win Shayna Baszler's Royal Rumble, mm-hmm. you know, she's ice then, cold, correct, and then you do something that makes no fucking sense in the context of anything. You go to fight the wrestling school's champion, you know. <laughs> And, and to do and to do that to get yourself ready, you 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 know you beat Bianca Belair in her. between her lo- and so between her losses to Charlotte and to uh, Rhea, they move her on to the main roster where they're doing nothing with her. She, so she's also ice cold. Yep. Uh, so Charlotte continues the reign of terror uh, into going to WrestleMania and beating Rhea Ripley clean as a sheet, and, and the whole she- field is, is is I'm this this bigger star than than you. You are I'm going to take you to deep water and drown you, and then everything Charlotte said in the end was right. <laughs> yeah. And in the build, like I always get the advantage in every situation we're in, except for one where like you catch me like while I'm trying to get through the ropes. 
it's always like unfair when I beat you and then you beat me in the match. And like lo and behold, like on January first, Rhea was more over than she was after or in the aftermath of WrestleMania. Yeah, so Rhea Ripley disappears forever, um, or at least a month. Charlotte is coming around like uh, they're putting her on every damn show uh, under the sun. Uh, mind you, there's no uptick in ratings. There's no like positive, you know, uh, quarter hours that she earned the nickname Charlotte 7000 at one point. Um, you know, there was substantial proof that they were drawing better without her. Um, <laughs> um, I, and I don't get it. Like all the more, they inexplicably count the NXT championship as a world title again. Um, what they do? Yes, they counted that as the they counted that they put that they tacked that on Charlotte's number. So, so this she's is, a twelve-time champion instead of a ten-time champion now. Correct, or eleven, whatever. Um, Wait, so they're only counting one of the NXT championship reigns, not two? I, th I think so. I think they're only counting one. What? I know it's fucking dumb. Why? Because like they're stupid. Like, so is Biggie a world champion? What's up? So is Biggie a world champion? Check this out. So you remember when Drew McIntyre did that sit down was talking about I've never been a world champion and all that. So like the I, I guess the NXT men's title doesn't count, you know, as a world championship. Does but now since Charlotte, you know, can't add it on, you know, uh more wind aid for her, you know, and, and I'll never understand it. And then she she goes through she she cleans out Mia Yim uh, she cleans out or as you mentioned Bianca Belair before that zaps her uh, Rhea Ripley zaps her she fights Io Shirai uh, and she's doing all these goofy ass matches on NXT TV with no finishes or terrible horrible finishes um, and them and you know they're doing any match that she's in the finish makes no sense at all like <laughs> like the the um, tag match like. Io Shirai is getting pinned, not Chelsea Green. Apparently, you know, maybe they'll go to that after now, but... There's some word that Chelsea Green might get called up. Like, it's so fun. Like, so many people are getting called up. It's like, well, whatever, whatever. Yeah. Um, and then you get to the finish where Charlotte drops an NXT title without fucking losing. <laughs> like, yep. why? Like... I, I just don't get it. I think this is terrible. I think this was a booking disaster. This is malpractice for everybody that's involved. Going back from uh, the Royal Rumble, this was nothing but to enhance Charlotte. This was not to get Rhea Ripley over. This was not to get Bianca Belair over. This was not, and I repeat, not to get Io Shirai over as champion for winning. Um, this was the WWE bending over backwards for Charlotte for some reason. I don't know why I've yet to discover it. There's no business that backs this up. There's no Google trends that, that back this up. There's no Charlotte merchandise that backs this up. There's no nothing that backs this up except Vince's fetish for blonde, big titty white women. Like, I don't, I don't understand. Uh, you know, I, I don't understand it. And it's just, you know, gone so far at this point, they're clearly rushing her to the 16th title. If they fuck around, they can do it by next year's WrestleMania. I bet if they wanted to, this is, uh, this is a disaster. This is a travesty. This was this booking. This finish to this match was dumb. This was like just everything. I hate when Charlotte gets involved with something because it's always dumb. There's my rant for Charlotte. Put that on a, on a highlight reel. Yeah, um, I don't disagree. I don't disagree with much with anything you said. Um, 
we're at a point now to where I, I mean, and I don't know, maybe a situation where they look up and they're like, "Holy shit, Charlotte's thirty-four. She's about to get married. Becky just left because she's because she's about to go have a child." I don't know. Maybe that's what it is. It's like you know, we you know, we did all this shit to get you know two women in the main event of WrestleMania. Only one's left. That's you know, so we have to quote unquote protect her, even though like you know we. <laughs> It's so dumb, but like, like the only thing that makes sense from I'll get to the match because the match was was fucking great. But whatever, we'll get uh, we'll get to that in a second. But the only thing that makes sense to me uh, from a logical standpoint is for a full year or not almost a full year, but since like when did Rhea show up? Uh, September. September. Yeah. So since September, NXT Women's Division has been a top four of. Shane, I'm sorry, of Shayna, Io, Bianca, and Rhea, and you know it was those three underneath Shayna, all chasing after her title. Rhea won the title. Um, Bianca got her got a shot, another shot, and then they beat her to to and sacrifice her to Charlotte, and then moved her up to the main roster. Um, so the only person left uh, that could that would make sense over the last you know six months watching this division to win the title, if it's not going to be Rhea is EO. And given that we talked about Becky a second ago, I feel like, I mean, we don't know this, but like, it wouldn't shock me at least if they just, Charlotte never comes back to NXT, Rhea, this was Rhea's call up, do a job on your way out. Um, And we put the belt on EO, the only person that should have the belt if those two were to leave. And then we go, and then we start over from there. I don't know. It It's just, it's, but, Ultimately, like unless they immediately find their way to get themselves to in the, or in the next like couple months or next let's say thirty days, forty five days, whatever. Like after Charlotte, actually no, Charlotte has a match on uh, Backlash, does she? Don't think so. Okay, so I'm sure she will. <laughs> yeah. So whatever. After we get past this pay per view, like the only thing that makes that can make this any bit redeemable from Rhea's perspective is if either they have a her and Charlotte either have a feud in on the main roster or on NXT either one and they immediately go to that after this pay-per-view or, or whatever else Any, anything other than that doesn't make any sense um, Triple H has said that this is all going to make sense in three to four months or something. Well, we're going to hold you to that, Mr. Game, because uh, I seem to recall that, you know, this is the same guy that said Roman Reigns will be written out, written out of WrestleMania in a creative way. So, um, yeah, I, I think anytime you add Charlotte in, it instantly gets worse. Like, and you can just look at the look at the collateral damage around her. Everyone's less over. Except EO by default, almost. Yeah, it's like she's always over because, like, she's just a, that's a fucking wrestler. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's like, okay. It's like, it's, it's very much like the Oscar stuff. It's like they recognize that, like, there's very, like, they can do all types of bullshit, and, the, and there will be, there's a level of respect there that, like, they will always be over to overcome, and they can always go back to them in time of need. And it's like, that's yeah, that's cool, but like maybe you should like appreciate these people and like actually try to do things with them, like you know, in the meantime, aside from like you know, keep them on ice for for other people to pull out like for special things. It's like it's just it's just uh it's really like you know lazy booking. It's like you can always have people in the middle of doing things, and doesn't necessarily mean like in the ring 
advanced storylines, whatever else. Like you could have them, you know, on your dot com or on Twitter or whatever else, or you know, divulge or you know, cut some of that time from like you know the fifteen minute or twenty minute opening promo on a show or whatever else. I mean, I'm talking about the main roster, but like it, it's some of this stuff as far as like some of these bad booking patterns or lazy booking patterns are like are being rubbed off and trickled trickled down to uh, NXT and like I. Yes, there's a lot of stuff that's being mandated to them where they're, you know, they're booking with their hands tied behind their back. But, like, nobody, um, nobody has booked them into the corner with their men's single division like this, except for them. Like, they lost, they lost Matt Riddle, and yeah, that does suck. But they weren't doing shit with Matt Riddle to where it's, like, some devastating thing. Like, you, you lost your potential next challenger up? Okay, well... Like you should always have like three of them in, in, in ready anyway. That's your fault. Yeah. Um, but onto the match. That was a good match. Yeah. Um, <laughs> EO jumped off the house. Uh, so somebody made use of the house. Uh, EO became the champion. Uh, and they threw a lot of streamers at we the end. We is okay. <laughs> uh, salted on her head. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the finish was goofy uh, and stupid. Also, um, you know, a double pin. Um, it's not a double pin. Do we, are we going to argue this out? I mean, we can if you want, but <laughs> I, I just my thing is this, right? Maybe like in WWE ten years ago, a figure four is and someone puts their shoulder and passes out from the pain is a pin or whatever else. But like we've seen nothing to suggest that in NXT or WWE in God knows how many years. I can't remember the last time it was a, a, a fall like that. And honestly, if you think about it, it's not a fucking pin, so why would we even care? Like, I understand, like, it's we're, they're carnies, and they come up with creative ways to fuck you, in, you as a, uh, a a spender of money out of, um, yeah, out of because matches. Because they, they fucked us in the Cruiserweights uh, thing, like, a couple weeks ago, it looked like. Uh, then they that, fucked that us with this that was, that was a couple weeks, but here's the thing. Kushida actually had a leg wrapped around the guy's chest, Atlas's chest, so he actually was pinned. I'm o- I'm okay with that one. I'm okay with that one because you have that. You had a point where they pointed it out, and then they actually gave you an excuse to get out of it. And also, they showed the the, the tap out thing before the the the, uh, the count out. They did none of that. And also, Charlotte didn't ever actually have her shoulders pinned down to the mat. Kushida did. Yeah, we disagree because like. I've seen people get beat, pinned off of figure fours before, and it's like it's, it seems like man, why couldn't they have done a finish where there was no doubt? Like, why are we if, even in the position to to argue about this? Like, it's just more goofy booking around fucking Charlotte. Like, <laughs> I agree, it's a goofy thing, but like, my ultimately my thing is like they do all this MMA finish stuff in in, in NXT or whatever, based on a lot of it based around Matt Riddle. Where it's like, all right, well, if, th- if that were a wrestling match, an amateur wrestling match, would a figure four late lock actually count as a pin for somebody? Fuck no, it wouldn't. So why would I care if it was, if, if why why should that then apply to where like, well, you know, in professional wrestling, you know, in the big leagues where they pay dudes the big bucks, you can't get pinned when your legs are locked and they and they're actually not doing shit to your shoulders or your body to care to control your your upper body. Like I just find that to be whack and like. If you're a person that watched a bunch of 80s wrestling or 90s wrestling or watched Flair cheat a lot to, to retain these titles and fuck you, you the fans out of your money, I get it. But it's like, 
I'm okay with that not being the finish to a match. I really am. Because, like, if that had been the finish to a match, to an NXT TakeOver, let's say, like, Charlotte had actually, let's say Eon wasn't coming off, with, off the ring with a moonsault. Let's say that actually had pinned uh, uh, Rhea. People would have been even more mad than the finish it actually happened. Right? Hold on. Like, if she did the moonsault never and paid, rolled if, out? No, no. If EO had never hit the moonsault, if if EO was just out the match and then Charlotte hit on the figure eight and it quote unquote plays on the WrestleMania match where she hits the the figure eight and and Rhea taps out, but instead she passes out and she gets her mat her 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 shoulders pinned to the ring by being the figure four. That's a worse finish than what we got. Well, a Charlotte win in that situation is the worst finish no matter what. So, like, <laughs> so like, anything like, you do. Oh, she pinned her without pinning her. Okay, fuck off. Like, it was, <laughs> so. Charlotte gonna be like, I didn't lose. You know, like, guarantee you. Don't come back. <laughs> don't come back. back. Stay away. You don't go here. <laughs> right. Uh, but yeah, like, I, you know, I don't know. Uh, it's at least four, but whatever. Um, it's Yeah, I give it four. Yeah, I, it's in it's in that four to four and a half range. Um, yeah, I, I, but you know, looking forward or looking, you know, scrolling ahead is like, yeah, um, it it makes most of it makes sense, but some things like have some sense of logic in that whole book and get to it. It's like, all right, Rhea's owed a quote unquote rematch. Uh, Eo won that ladder match, being number one contender. They have the match. Charlotte weasels her way out of it by cheating with the kendo stick. Uh, Rhea comes down and it's like, all right, well, one person's owed a title shot, the other person is owed a rematch. Fuck it, two birds, one stone. Charlotte's in a triple threat match. Match goes along. Charlotte can't, seems seemingly can't win. She pulls out the kendo stick to start all this shit. Goes goes to town with it. She's about to pin EO to reminds you or pin or not pin her, but submit Rhea in the way that reminded you of the rematch or the first match they had at WrestleMania. EO steals it with the moonsault in the pin while, EO, you know, because she's quote unquote ahead of Charlotte. Even because when she pulled out the kendo stick against EO, EO was beating her. They um they could have saved this whole thing had she um, moonsaulted on Charlotte instead of Rhea Ripley. Like like your legs are caught up, you were doing your move, and then you get caught with the fucking moonsault that you that you got out the way of last time. Like it would have made perfect sense. And yeah, but yeah. but like we said, it's political bullshit that's being mandated from up top onto NXT, and it's making NXT a lot less enjoyable. Yep. Um, I'm yeah. I, I didn't have a great feeling coming out of this show. Like I said, some of the matches and some of the wrestling was good, but like it just feels like this is a this is a placeholder promotion. Like this is a wrestling school. Like that's my new shit now. <laughs> this is a wrestling school. Like I don't I don't know, man. Like talked about it before like they've got good wrestlers there obviously got good matches and then it comes down to well what do these moments mean and how quickly can they get undone or fucked up and it seems like anytime like anytime it can happen so um this show could have used the fight pit um this show could have used uh at least you know one, some something from the cruiserweight stuff yeah what was the i don't even understand oh yeah speaking of that we need, we need to talk about it like i don't understand the 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 need for like um writing off riddle before he can have a, a quote unquote last takeover match i i didn't get that 
Yeah, yeah. Especially that he didn't debut already. Yeah. Um but yeah, uh as far as uh the the cruiserweight stuff. Yeah, man, so you know, we were talking about this off air on uh like Messenger or whatever else, but you like scoffed at the idea that like Drake Maverick actually meant something to ratings and like lo and behold he does. Or he Yeah. Did. Uh, I'm I'm kind of shocked at that. Uh, but Rich, but he, I, uh, go ahead, go ahead. Sorry. But he was going up against Cody and the Jungle Boy, if I'm not mistaken, in the in the main event yeah. on that show. Yeah. Um, and I think they had a couple video packages before the match. I don't know if that the video packages had an effect to where they tuned out uh, ahead of time. But head to head, I think it beat Cody. It did. It uh, won the last two segments <clears throat> or whatever. Look, like one, it's not necessarily about Cody as much as it was like, or even like Badmouth Cody as much. I was like, when I think a couple weeks ago, like I said on the podcast, like Drake Maverick is like the most inspiring babyface of like this month of professional wrestling in America. And like, I don't know if you thought, like, I was dead serious. I wasn't saying that being funny. I was dead serious when I said that shit. And like, a lot of people, you know, were really interested in this one storyline. Like, obviously, it's over now because he has a job, but like, um, He's been had a job. Well, I, I don't know. I, I believe he was fired at one point. Obviously, they brought him back, I believe. But uh, who the knows? Second, the second he won a match, it was a work. Yeah, well, I mean, that's that's life. So, uh, what was I going to say? Yeah, like, it ended up working. Like, I don't know as far as um, what that means for him being on NXT or 205 Live. But, like, it's proof that, like, all the stuff they've been doing over the last three weeks since that bad episode of NXT is like the stuff that has worked largely has been stuff that wasn't on TakeOver. And then like you get the TakeOver and it's like, oh, like this TakeOver was good. It wasn't great. And it's like, well, maybe if you put the effort that you put into the lower card shit into the main card shit, like, or to the upper card shit, like maybe, you know, that will, that will, that would you know, help you out as opposed to like, oh, okay. Like what is, what is Gargano and Lee about? Oh, next to nothing. Okay. What it, oh, Velveteen in, in, in Dream again? No one wants to actually see that, but you're going to do it again? Okay. Oh, Charlotte. She's here. Yay. But yeah. um, I guess, you know, you talk, brought up Cody. Do you got time to talk about Dynamite? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me pull up the results because it has been, you know, a these days. Yeah. Feels like it was a long time ago. So I know they, um, they opened up with the uh, tag team title match. Um, Kenny and Heyman back together for the first time in a long time. Yes, uh, it was good to see the, uh, the Golden Cowboys back in action. They're called the what? Uh, the Golden Cowboys. Is that did you make that up, or where did you get that from? That's that's just a Twitter thing. Okay, the Golden Cowboys. You know, gotta 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 get a team name. I thought you know, they, they, was Golden. Oh, uh, wait, we we're just giving a Golden to to Kenny now. Well, yeah, why not? Like, that's Bushy's thing. Like, so, <laughs> like, we couldn't, like, okay, like, what are the things we have? Like, we can't call them, like, the, I don't know, the Terminating Cowboys. They, don't, they ain't got no ring to it. Like, there's some with Kenny we can make that shit. I think it was something like the Mega, maybe the Mega Cowboys or something. The I don't Mega know what. <laughs> yeah, I, there was something that I, I, I may have it wrong, but. Um, the cleaner, they, the clean Cowboys or some shit. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Something. Um, 
Yeah, but uh, they had a match with um, Kip Sabian and uh, Jimmy Havoc. Right. So those guys have been, um, you know, or Sabians, you know, they were a big part of those tapings in Atlanta. And it's kind of like their thank you for that. I thought it was a decent match. I thought Kenny was awesome in this. I like the match. Uh, Hank, yeah, this was, um, you know, good match. And, you know, um, but besides Kenny that, not it. really. Uh, yeah, like, yeah. Heyman, Heyman looked obviously tired to me. <laughs> Oh yeah, you think so? He like he was out of gas in person match, yeah. Like he wasn't blowing like he's a fucking ultimate warrior, but like clearly like you can see he's puffing and puffing hard in parts of the match. And like obviously, you know, he's been gone, wrestling conditions not the same thing as necessarily like cardio, but um luckily, you know, a lot of these dudes in this era, like cardio's not really an issue because you know, they're not as big, um, better athletes, better stamina. So like out he you know, he gets back underneath you know, starts getting some matches, like he'll ca- he'll catch back up quick, I imagine. Yeah, so they got that win and they lock in their match at Fighter Fest against the best friends. So who knows if that's going to be where Kenny and Hangman, um, you know, drop off the uh, belts or whatever. Uh, I forgot to mention they did open the show with the Black Lives Matter thing and some piano music. So that was nice of them to share that sentiment. Um they uh, ran down that Mike Tyson stuff at the top. I forgot. Um, yeah. After that, uh, Tully Blanchard and Sean Spears, <laughs> they showed um, uh, Tully getting off in Sean Spears' ass, basically they calling him parts embarrassment. Of parts of it. Parts they showed, it. Like, the whole promo was like a minute 17. They showed 30 seconds of it. Like Every minute is valuable, <laughs> it seems like. Um, but they decided that Tully Blanchard, or excuse me, uh, Sean Spears did not need a tag team partner. He has, you know, something else uh, apparently. So uh, he Tully gives him this case and he opens it up and it is a fingerless black leather glove. Immediately I was like, here comes this Mid-South ass shit because I started thinking about Ted DiBiase uh, who have the loaded glove. I was totally unaware about this loaded glove shit. Yeah, he would put the loaded glove on and then do the fist drop or whatever. You remember when the Million Dollar Man would do the fist drop? Like That was kind of like a play like what he used to do in Mid-South. Gotcha. Uh, there, are, there are other guys that wore the, the glove like uh, I believe Blackjack Mulligan, Barry Windham, uh, and now Sean Spears will be wearing the black glove uh, at times uh, to, you know, lay the punch in, apparently. So, um, I I don't know. I don't I can't say I don't like it, but it's just like it's more of that. I'm like, I thought we were going forward, man. Like, why? Like, I, I, I respect, you know, you, you love the you want to pull the some of the 80s stuff. Out. I get it. I promise. I get it, guys. But no one watches AEW for fuck finishes. Like I don't want to, I don't want to like I don't Engage want them in to the think, Yeah, I don't, I don't want them to think that's what we want because, right. like, you know, I want Hangman and Kenny versus the Young Bucks. Like that's that's what I'm looking for out here. You know, I'm looking for the Lucha Brothers and the Young Bucks. Like I'm looking for that. You know, I don't, I'm not into this other shit. I'm looking for people wrestling very, very hard and trying their best, and then there's a winner and a loser. That's all I'm really asking for. Like and I mean and what I mean a winner loser I mean a clean winner loser I don't want this bullshit where someone has a glove on and then in the middle of the match every match inevitably or every other match inevitably the ref gets distracted or bumped or whatever else and then Tully is swapping gloves with him to a fit to a you know a loaded glove to crack a dude and then pin him with fuck off I don't want that on my TV I just don't yeah yeah it's um. 
it doesn't inspire things, but uh, or good things. But like, just, I think I just find it lazy. Yeah, and I feel like Sean Spears has been like, you know, he gets a lot of shit, but I think he's been fine. Like, especially like as a character performer uh, in AEW, he's like enjoyable when I see him on screen. But it's like, I guess they're going to be giving him a push, kind of. But to so, where? Like, I yeah. mean, ultimately, like, what is the destination for him? Right, and I don't mean as like this. Like this, uh, we're probably harping on this longer than we should have. But like, because it's you know, ultimately, we're talking about a dude is going to be what a, a mid card heel. Yeah, like if best case scenario, but it's but whatever. I mean, it, I feel like he has enough personality to be in a tag team with somebody, and he could be a vi- be a be in a viable tag team. But that they don't they don't want that for him for some reason. So he's doing this kind of nonsense. So. Um, Brian Cage uh, beat the hell out of Sean Dean, a um, bunch of suplexes and, you know, drill claw, another big victory for him. Uh, Taz, you know, and Mox went face to face and uh, Mox jumped in the ring. Uh, Taz cut a pretty good promo on him. Uh, talking about, you know, Brian Cage building him up. Moxley came out uh, and cut a really good promo, actually, and uh, let him know that, you know, he's like, I'm only human, but I can be beat. But it's gonna take you forever because I'm gonna die with this shit. Essentially, like so, um, you know, I- I'm into this match. Yeah, I've been into it since like day one. Like Moxley is very good. Taz has been very good. Cage has been very impressive. Like they they seem like they have you know given their matches and what we've seen them do. Like they seem like they're they're very capable of getting together and coming up with a very entertaining match. So like I'm all in. I'm all in on it. Can't wait. Yo, just the type of match that that I'm into. Um, so brawling, it's fun. <laughs> um, Alex Marvez came out here and he was at a construction site and he found uh, the Murder Hawk monster Lance Archer fucking somebody up. Yeah, and Jake couldn't control him. He's like, he's out of his mind. It was like yeah. one of those things. Like, oh no, like Heyman can't talk any sense into Lesnar. What's going to happen? He's like, oh, yeah. he's on site. He's not gonna hurt nobody. Who cares? Like, <laughs> yeah. He said, uh, "There's, there's no one that's gonna stop him. He's not here to be a damn spot monkey. He's here to be a monster, uh, and everyone dies, and uh, yeah, all that." So, <laughs> what do you think's next for him? Um, I don't know. Um, maybe Darby. I maybe you do. Oh well, no, Darby might be getting into it with Cage at some point. Um, so we got to think of a good guy for him to fight. Kind of slim pickings. Um. I would have to think about it. Uh, Matt Hardy would be a good place to start, or um, uh, I'm trying to think who else. Or I mean, well, then again, they don't really like use Luchasaurus for anything other than like you know, thing you know, match here, match there. They don't really use him for like programs yet. Um, I would do you know my I I always like recommending Joey Janela because I think he's just <laughs> the most versatile guy like one of the most versatile guys they have. He can wrestle up, he can wrestle like up to the main event level, or uh, fight being there in the middle of the show, or you know do whatever you got to do with your monster. Joey can always do so. Uh, I will suggest him again. Like if they were to, I don't think it's. I think it probably is too early. But like if they were to turn, um, actually no, they can do Hill versus Hill. They can do Jericho versus uh, Archer. They can do that, and they would just cheer for Jericho. 
I don't maybe, think maybe it's gonna, early. Like yeah, you might want to get, might wanna get Archer a W before you move on to stuff like that. But like he he could do like I can see him doing like Hill versus Hill stuff for the people like that would cheer for him or, or I don't cheer for well, something other than, than Archer because I think Jericho's locked in Orange Cassidy right now. Oh yeah, I, I think that's who he's gonna fight at Fighter Fest. But um. He could probably. I wish Shima was in the country. <laughs> that would be awesome. Um, but it feels like there's some. It feels like there's somebody missed for him. Like maybe, maybe he could fight like Kenny or Hangman. Maybe they could take like a break from the tag stuff. Yeah, that like, could happen. They're doing two shows or whatever else for Fighter Fest a week apart. So it's like, how about you know you could probably do a tag match on one card and then like on the next card you do like. Both of them are in singles matches separately, right? Um, yeah, that would be a good idea, actually. And depending on how you schedule, it, you can build tension for. Oh my god, are they going to break up here, or will they break up here? You know that sort of thing over the next like those two weeks. Yeah. Um. So after that, um, Private Party and Matt Hardy seemed like they were they formed a six man unit over their you know their love of tag team wrestling and he told uh, Private Party that you know you guys bond reminds me of my bond with my brother and you know a lot of people gave us advice so if I can ever help you guys out hit me up and then um, uh, he went outside and then Sammy Guevara ironically was strolling by in his mobility scooter and he said Sammy we're cool respect man and I don't know. It's just Matt Hardy, but I don't know where this is going. So, are they uh, still? Do they? St- are you still like? You think they dropped the Hardy Compound match? You think they dropped it totally? Because they were, I they think were they trying to. It. Okay, because maybe that's what they were teasing. Like eventually, they're still going to do that. I don't know. I, I think that is going to be. I don't know. Um, then we had Colt Cabana and Chris Jericho. This was okay. Um, Jericho ended up getting the win with the uh, the fucking juice effect. Uh, what else we had? And then he got on the mic pretty much. Um, and QT was ringside with the bunny. Um, uh, you forgot one thing. Uh, your boy in turtleneck from Dark Order walked up on uh, Cabana. And that's right. offered that man either. It wasn't a mask, but he gave that man some paperwork. He's like, you might want to consider this. Maybe you should. He him in a flyer. Yeah, that's what he gave him a flyer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that was like uh, something to watch, I would say. Then um, Jericho basically called out the baddest man on the planet, started running down Tyson, but he was answered by Orange Cassidy. So um, someone said this is a very Hogan like move for Chris Jericho, seeing all the good ratings that Orange Cassidy is doing. And he was like, I want to work with that guy. So, Triple H, yes, that too. you know. So some of that energy. So you know, you know, if 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 you you know, it's Helmsleyism. Top, top John Cenaism. Like every, there's lots of guys that do this. Lots of guys have done this. You're the top guy. You can you doing something a little hot. Let me go out here and like beat you before you get too, you know beat you before you get too hot. Cool your jets, daddy o. <laughs> so yeah, um, you know that match is gonna be fun. Like you know Jericho's a damn gimmick. And you know, Orange Cassie is is literally a gimmick. Um, so I imagine like they're gonna have a a funny ass match, and it'll work because Jericho makes almost anything work. Um, Jericho got his hands put in his pockets by Orange Cassidy, which was kind of funny. Um, was that the was that his uh um was that his all out gear or all in gear all out gear? Sorry, 
that was his revolution gear. Okay. Okay. Um, so after that, we got Big Swole and Nala Rose, and I liked this match. I thought this was very competitive, and uh, I wanted Big Swole to get the win. I thought she was going to get the win, but um, Nala Rose still showing she's she's got something left in the tank. She's probably going <laughs> to he's just trying to bury Nala, huh? What's like, up? Oh, you just trying to bury Nyla, huh? Like, if you okay, so she's gonna come. She's not gonna show up for these tapings in Georgia. Then she's gonna show up like at the last minute with everybody else to get this pay per view done. Then she's gonna drop the belt, and then the very next match she's gonna lose someone, and they they never ever feature on TV in matches. God damn, you just trying to you just trying to bury Nyla. I'm saying she she could have they could they could have got Swole up and running, but I guess Swole has something else going on. Um, I mean. I think you know, obviously this is this is in it. This is AEW, so like baby faces losing to somebody isn't the worst thing in the world because eventually you can tell the story that this person eventually is going to get that big win. You know, it could be the you know the um, Sonata chasing Okada type of thing. So before that match, actually, they played a tremendous video of Dr. Britt Baker and her road to recovery. She was in the wheelchair doing the the rope gimmicks uh, while working out. She uh, is. Yes. Just just an absolutely phenomenal video. If you haven't seen it, I think they sent it out on Twitter, but just pure comedy. Total, total command of the room. Everything she does every week is just like. She's the best. Like I don't know if this was intentional, but Rich, we talked about this and laughed at this a lot last year. The twenty four seven type of package with Johnny Gargano going back to uh, you know the indie uh, uh, school that he worked at uh, before he got to NXT uh, to train for uh, the New York Takeover match, and then on the other end, it was undisputed going to some like uh, regimen workout. Uh, facility that like looks like a place that trains like uh, people that are going to the NFL draft. And yeah, it had, it had Adam Cole working out by super kicking like foam targets or yes. else that were being thrown in the air to him by like the rest of undisputed and like them being in like a similar looking thing and then like, looks like they were in a Jaguars practice facility. Yeah, but it lo- but it looks similar to what Cole was working with. So it's like. Is this the same? Is this the same place they got a gym membership too, and they're both doing the gaming shit? That's like to me. That's what. That's why I, I, it made it funnier to me in my mind. I'm making up like head wow. but like to see her in the wheelchair, she's doing the weighted ropes, and she's trying to like you know maneuver them, but like she's not doing shit to these things as far as moving them. And then like they they hand her a weight, and like yeah. it's a ten pounder, so but it's so it's too heavy, so like she has to hand her. Uh, Rebel has to hand her the the two and a half pound of her to do like she's a fucking wimp, a geek. Like it's, it's just like the it's like she's just the worst. She's the worst. And then like she can't even she she has no upper body strength. Even though like it was her leg that got injured, so she can't go up the wheel up the uh, the ramp for the with the wheelchair, and she can't go nowhere. And then like all of a sudden, Tony shows up behind uh the trainer and Rebel, and then that get Tony. Her personal muse gives her the inspiration and the strength to, to roll her ass up to the top of the ramp. It was just like, God, she's just so terrible. It's my terrible. I mean, awesome. Like she's awesome, but she, she's awesome because she's such a, a shitty person and a weakling and a geek. But <laughs> it's, you know, I don't know really, what it is. It's amazing, like, bro. Dude, when, when, a total when fans are back, oh 
my God, when fans come back, she's going to be so the first time that that daughter, the daughter is here to see you now. Music starts. I think by the time I think by the time she comes back, like there will be fans. Yeah. So like, yeah, you're right. It it was going to be a huge pop for a heel. (laughs) A shitty heel. Yep, and um, so Nyla ended up getting the win on Swole. Uh, like I said, I like this match. Um, you know, two black women uh, on the show, so that was uh, nice to see. So uh, it looks like Swole is getting into it, uh, picking back up with Britt Baker where they left off before the pandemic. Uh, yeah. So look forward to seeing that. Swole got to talk at the end a little bit before. Um after that, Tony Giovanni uh, interviewed Darby Allen, basically saying he's not cleared. Um, he's, he said, life's one big joke. However, Brian Cage, I'll get the last laugh. So Darby, the one-liners uh, with that. And then Tony then sat down with FTR, Dax Harwood, and Cash Wheeler. So the revival. So I've got the interview here. So I'll just go through it here a little bit. So um, they asked him, you know, first question. Tony said, what does FDR, FTR stand for? And then, uh, what's his name? Uh, Dax said, <laughs> it was the dumbest shit he's ever said. <laughs> he's like, it's a way of life for me and Cash. Now yes. we're here in AEW. Um, pause, you know, pause, and he pause, said, right follow there. the rules. Pause, pause right there. That is the same bullshit that WWE speak that they give when they turn somebody that is a heel or babyface with a catchphrase and turn it turn them heel and they want them to keep the same catchphrase and the same gimmick uh, because they're lazy and they say, well, you know, it's just a way of life. Like when EC3 was saying, I am uh, in the top 1%, I'm a 1%er. When he turned babyface because he got so over with his interest in his music, he's turned that into 1%'s way of life. The way you look at it, like, you have to feel like you're in the 1% of everything. You are the, like, more or less say he's, you are the, the elite. It's like, that's so shitty. Like, the boss, when they turn Sasha from a heel to a babyface, like, you know, you want to be a boss in everything you do in life. It's like, get the fuck out of here. Let me, it's like, so go ahead, but go ahead. They shot me on the state of mind. You know, <laughs> yes, but that won't work. Yes. Yes, Jericho did say that. Yes. Um, so maybe it's like it's infected, you know. <laughs> it's trickle down, trickle down nonsense. So um, he said uh, FTR stands for like follow the rules, which was like weird. And he says the pinnacle of the or they're at the pinnacle of the wrestling revolution. Uh, Tony said AEW has the world's greatest tag teams, and Rival said or FTR said now they do. Like as the saying since they've joined. Um. And after that, you know, they mentioned all the tag teams in AEW they wanted to work with and um, didn't say the Young Bucks, strangely. And then it was like the dream match everyone's been waiting for is not a dream match to cash myself. We had to sit back and listen to Dave Meltzer. Yes, Uncle Dave getting shout outs on national television out here. Uh, sing their praises and say they're the next Midnight Express. Tony, do you think that makes us happy? Uh, that's what uh, Dak said. Uh, Cash said he wants yes. to the answer um, is yes. Right. Uh, because that means you have to you have someone you get to wrestle. <laughs> um, Dak said he wants to punch him in the mouth, so he's like faking like he's gonna shoot on the young bucks, and they actually did Cornette's podcast this week, which he's either Cornette's in on it with him as a work, like that was a whole interview to promote that match. Uh, or he's dumb and the revival worked him and he thinks they're gonna shoot on the young bucks. Um if they get out of line or something like that. No, no. I think the thing is that, like, and we, we've seen this enough with Jericho or Cody stuff where, like, 
he doesn't like the elite or he here let me say he doesn't like the young bucks and kenny omega and like the people that he has relationships with or whatever else he will not shit on because he has those relationships with them and he loves uh the revival so he's not going to show him he wants to do stuff with them like and he understands that like yeah he might he may hate the young bucks matches or whatever they're what they stand for or whatever else but he understands that like ultimately like that's where those guys are and he likes those guys can you help us out yeah sure like cornet like cornet is you know is stubborn and an ass and an asshole at times but he's not stupid yeah um he then said, uh, Tony, when we beat them, I want you and your commentary friends to come to us and apologize and say that you guys are the best. Um, we had to sit around for like five years and, you know, dream about this or whatever. But I'm like, you just said it's not a dream match. So I yeah. I was kind of confused by this promo. This promo Better didn't. Yet. What year did Cody start saying fuck the revival on BTE? Like 2017? I think so. It's five years. What? Yeah, I, I think that was just like a rounded up type figure or whatever. So um, they uh, for this moment for fifteen. Years. What? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. So like they said some things. This didn't necessarily come off as like the greatest. Like this wasn't them hitting better. a home run. I yeah, I thought felt like they didn't really have too much to say aside from like you know where it's going. And it made me think. And I've seen a lot of stuff on, on Twitter. Like after the Young Bucks match. What else is there really for these guys to do? Should they AEW commit to them long term, or should they think about like a short term thing? Because apparently now uh, they're working on a handshake deal in AEW gotcha. at the moment while they negotiate for whatever they're going to negotiate. But if you're Tony, you're like, maybe I'm just in the dream match business for this one. Um, maybe. I mean, they want you know on the Jericho podcast they did they stated that they wanted to keep they wanted to do a bunch of stuff whether it's Ring of Honor or N or NWA or you know AEW or even Japan I think they mentioned so it was um I think they also mentioned Impact so you know once they showed up like I thought like you know I don't know if they're signed it wouldn't surprise me if they're signed but maybe they also are still sticking to that you know thing of them wanting to work a bunch of different places because they can get a lot of dates um in this era right now i you know there aren't too many i wouldn't really want to go to hopping around on planes a bunch but whatever to each zone um but you know maybe i don't know like but i think that they will be a good fit um i don't necessarily um you know because the division's so deep they can wrestle a bunch of people um i think that the issue that kind of um arises is at what point are you going to have too many hill tag team slash factions? Mm-hmm. So, like, for me, I would think you would have to put them in a faction um, so. with a singles wrestler, with another singles wrestler, like, something. Like, so, who, for example, like, I mean, like, was it, is there any good fits right now to come to mind? Like, I'm saying there's, like, Archer out there right now. Archer's out there right now. Um, Spears Archer. is out there right now. Yeah, um, that makes sense. And then, you know, they're always saying Cody could join him and Spears in a revival. That's like a fantasy booking thing that I think people are hoping for, but, um, you know, wouldn't bother me. Their productions is not coming back. Stop. (laughs) We called him the JCP gang. Um, But, uh, yeah, I I would definitely think about putting them with a singles wrestler so they can do like a trios unit um at least uh because you know as you mentioned there's tons of tag teams uh they're gonna be fighting a butcher and a blade next week so kind of right now the revival are baby faces 
it seems like, or FTR. They're baby faces, kind of. Um, but I, I am kind of looking forward to Butcher and Blade and uh, FTR. I'm, I like the Butcher and the Blade. I don't know why. <laughs> do you think they? Do you? I mean, I, I gotta see the match before I say like. I gotta see their match. See them actually work as an effective babyface team for I to be like, yeah, this is what they're going for. Or at least like, it seems like they just came in as free agents, and we don't really know the and they're and they're kind of like playing it down the middle to like draw interest or be like you know, eventually we'll pull back the layers and show you what they actually are, which is gonna mm-hmm. be a hills that did backstab the young bucks, but whatever. Um, I I. I'm still interested to see the matches that they have because they're going to have good matches always. But like, as far as a promo and personality character standpoint, right now, I I'm kind of I kind of still feel empty. Yeah, I think um, I think Matt Jackson is going to have to do a lot of heavy lifting here. So I'm looking forward to hearing what he has to say to like build up on his side because uh, I don't think the revival is up for carrying the whole thing by by themselves, yeah. and it might just be a situation where just keep these guys apart so you do like a sit down or something. I don't know. They got to figure something out yeah, to I, like, keep it I, hot. Yeah, like I want to see them commit towards a direction first, and then we'll and then we'll finally be able to fully like evaluate where you know what this is or where they're headed or how they're doing. That's yep. how I kind of feel. Like they just kind of showed up, and then they showed, and then they did this promo next week to kind of be like, "Oh yeah, we're here." And it's like there was nothing really more than that to me. Yep. Um, so they did a interview with Alex Marvez and Colt Cabana. Uh, then Brody Lee interrupted. He said, "It's what you do after a loss, Colt. I can help you with that." And then he walked off. Um, then we got our main event: um, the Jungle Boy uh, against. TNT champion Cody. So the opening, uh, the first uh, match of the Cody Rose TNT Open Challenge. <sighs> it was a good match. However, it is a after after you say all that stuff about you want to prove the non the the doubters and non believers about you know work rate or whatever the fuck he was saying. Uh, Bell, two Bell, weeks ago. Yeah, Bell two weeks ago, whatever else. You proceed to have your you proceed to have like your overbooked match. And it's like, you couldn't have waited like a, like two weeks. It immediately had to be the first match. You're going to these, going to this nonsense. And then you're just like, a terrible blade job, obvious. Yeah. Just like I saw it and I'm like, this motherfucker will never get it. Um, and it just felt and like, like a parody. it's very frustrating because like the times that he has gotten it, those are like his very best matches. That's when he like, look, man, like you know, it, it's it's really weird. Like either it's it's really weird. He's like a person that's like, he's like a two, he's like a sub two seventy five hitter that hits like forty home runs. That's yeah, what he's like. I was I was I was watching it. I didn't like this match. I thought it was like they did way too much as far as like the the outside bullshit uh the going through tables and it was just like why is this like so like so why is it this life and death match right now like why isn't i guess, it, the, like, I guess the jungle boy yes like who the fuck is the jungle boy ever beat like i understand that you have to have a main event match with them because like the time is scheduled like that but like you're bleeding like why and we told y'all about this like a month ago they're doing too much blood they're doing right. like 
this shit that's not gonna mean anything like uh, w- when it's time for somebody to get their fucking wig cracked in, in the fucking uh, world title match on pay-per-view uh, to, to give it that extra boost that's just not gonna be there why because Cody's fucking used it all up already right. just like when the Revival did their fucking um, did their pulling in with, with the truck no Cody did that the week before that so it's like every fucking gimmick this guy can do he's gonna fucking do and use it all up because it's like hiding it's him trying to compensate for something he doesn't have in the ring and I'm fucking tired of it. Like, it's just like, it's a cancer that's going to spread on a promotion. God damn, you called him a cancer. Jesus. Um, I just because think he's he, clearly I, in control of what he's going to want to do. And they were going to feed him Phoenix next week, but Phoenix is still injured. So, so it's going to be like, yeah, so it's going to be yeah. Mark Quinn now. And it's like, I'm, I don't want to see these, like, I have no problem with blood in wrestling, right? Like it doesn't gross me out. Nothing. I'm not coming at it from that angle. I'm coming at it from getting the most out of it. Right. Yeah, it's the same thing we talk about. Like if you have if you have eight giants, you have no giants. Like yeah. if everybody's bleeding, then the effectiveness of the bleeding doesn't matter because it's the shock and awe and the rareness and specialness of it doesn't matter. Like, yeah, it's like if someone used your super finish. Like every three matches, it's like if John Cena did the top rope uh, AA in, in like every three matches. And this was the first one, James. It wasn't like you know, there's been five of these, and then he ran into a really tough opponent right. or something. And this was like four minutes into the TV match, main event. Clock your melon into the fucking outside thing. Obvious camera cut, swing, come back, and all of a sudden you're just leaking from the top straight down, and it's like. The Matt Jackson blade jobs on BTE are more legit than this shit. Didn't they have? Didn't they blow off Pyro after the match? Yes, this we are the world bullshit. Like you know, shaking hands with with Jungle Boy and putting them over. It's like fuck off. Like it was some like like some like transformative match that like got him to a level. It's like no, bro. The MJF match did that. Like there was no Pyro blown off for MJF on paper. Right. Right. So, like, we've seen MJF versus Cody, we've seen Jungle Boy versus MJF, and we've seen Jungle Boy versus Cody. Uh, I like the one that didn't involve Cody. Yeah, I I get that. I understand that. I feel that. Um, Yeah. 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 Um, Blown off Pyro, uh, coming to the ring, blown off Pyro at the end. It's just like, we see who's getting all the energy. Like this, this it seems like this is what they want to build around. This, this is what Tony is like. This is what's getting through to him. And we had a conversation about Kenny earlier this week, where it's like what he's being used for right now. And then, well, yeah, yeah. Like it, ultimately, my thing was like, I don't know if I like um, explain this well enough, but I was just like, for the most part. Everybody that is like on major American television that has done New Japan pretty much is like in presentation and booking and match quality and like feeling like a star and like, you know, from a highlight perspective, they have they do their best shit in New Japan. Um, for most part. And like, you know, with the exception of like that I can think of of notable exceptions of like Archer right now because of the way he presented immediately coming in and Cody like those are like the pretty much the only general exception. You mentioned the young bucks as far as like that's kind of like even. And it's like okay, that's fair. Um, but it's like a lot of AEW. A lot of my you know reasons of, of hope and optimism for for AEW was that like it was going to be like 
New Japan America, like American version of New Japan slash the Indies, and it's like I've gotten all the indie in like almost in little to no New Japan, and it's kind of like, oh, all right, like, and then we're all like. Their booking and their storytelling is super duper solid. In fact, like I would say, it's the best in America. But it's still this part of stuff. It's still this part that I'm missing. Where it's just like, I wish these dudes would just like come out here and like wrestle the hell out of each other instead of like a million fucking dives with the young dudes. It's like, look, that's their style, whatever. But it's like. All of their main event level dudes are dudes that can really, really wrestle. So it's like I need I, if y'all want to get to this level, you're eventually have to either get yourself a, a, a some char- lots of lots and lots of charisma to match a, you know Chris Jericho or Cody, or you're gonna have to learn how to you know do some Kenny Omega uh, professional wrestling, and that's a real high fucking bar, and it involves more than just flips. So like for me. Um, when it comes to this Cody thing, or, or actually it came to the Kenny thing, is like uh, back to Kenny. It's just like, well, k- look at Kenny. Like Kenny's like a what main of or lower main event uh, utility guy right now. And it's like, if I were to cast a vote for most outstanding uh, in ring performer of 2020, it would be him. But like. He has two matches that were like, oh yeah, these are two of the best, very best matches of the year. When, you know, 2017 Kenny Omega, 2018 Kenny Omega, like through half, you know, through, you know, almost six months of it, or through basically like five months, he's on track for, what, five of them? Four of them, five of them? And it's like, obviously this COVID is in the way, but like, New Japan Kenny... Was, would have like eight of them things and it's like I'm getting it but I'm not getting it at the frequency and it means like in a way it's kind of like look man I just I, I kind of just had this for like 2017 18 AJ um, or 17 8, or 2018 AJ it's like I don't think he's fell off or he's like working a safer style like for God's sake he's trying to kill himself in fucking TV matches all the time but it's like I miss Kenny reaching back on the gun and just putting 98 miles an hour on the inside of the plate. Like I just do like at the, at the frequency they used to. And it's like, there's no, there's no, nothing wrong with what he's doing. Like, in fact, I commend him for being this unselfish for him, like doing this for hangman for all that stuff. But it's like, my point, that, it was, but that I, don't, but that, but, but at the same time, it's like when we talk about like I don't blame Raw for going to a third hour of they make more money. It's like great, I understand that it's less entertaining though. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like, like I understand the considerations that, and the ramifications going into that in the fall process, and I, I understand why March Madness decided to put all their college basketball games on on different channels at the same time or whatever, so you can watch whatever you want to watch. But it makes a product, but it makes it like less interesting to watch when it's like I can just instead of watching like the very best of the shit, mm-hmm. and that that was my take on it. And like I I wasn't saying that to say that Kenny has fallen off, and I wasn't saying that that to say that like AEW is is some hellhole or some shithole is not. It's the best. It's the best American promotion we have going. But it's just like I I I kind of miss this, and I feel like. While things are going great, I feel like some things are like suboptimal, and I feel like Kenny Omega is so valuable that I would rather not have him be doing quote-unquote suboptimal stuff. Look, I'll say it. The promotion would be better if it was built around Kenny Omega. 
and him being the world champion and fighting off and having great matches on and top. Being allowed like, to be it a, would. And being allowed to be a serious promo instead of like he never gets to talk or when he does, he's like doing that fucking goofy thing with Nakazawa. I still fucking hate that to, to, to this day. That was like in November. <laughs> yeah, so like that's, yeah, that's kind of how I feel about it. I'm like, and then at the same time, how I looked at it was like, well, who else was going to do this role that they got him doing? Like, there's like no one. Like, <laughs> so it's like, I, I mean, if they want to go ahead and push these 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 Cody Wish make make a wish main event matches or whatever, that's what what Tony wants to, wants to do. Like, you're gonna lose like people like like you. You're gonna lose people like me eventually. Like, it's like okay, I see. I'm I'm just buying my time, waiting for it. Like, all right, like I'm enjoying it because like it's you know great. it's it's still great, it's still great. So it's like, but it's like yo, I know. <laughs> like I, I I I just feel it. Like you can't convince me that Kenny Omega watches like that main event and is like, what the fuck are we doing? Like, what are we doing here? And another thing is like it's not necessarily not necessarily about um it got brought into the Cody conversation because Cody's been like a big running thing like over the last few weeks because like I, I really feel like it's like um, all the creative since, energy since they've been since you know since he lost MJF like his just you know he's not where he was before like full gear and it's just like he was just so fucking hot he was just in a, such a like we hadn't seen a baby face that hot since like either Johnny or or Becky right like Johnny at the peak of his powers like at the beginning of 2018 or beginning of 2018 or you know or really <laughs> Becky just say Becky and it's like. They 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 threw it away and then like he's still great but it's like he's doing this shit that's just like not is what gonna like I don't know like it's it's just I, I haven't liked what they've done with Cody uh over the last I don't know since Archer showed up really like yeah, you know, um, Jake pointed out that he's he's whining after he lost MJF, and and then yeah. like you know he, he has to bloody up or Archer has to bloody up um, Dustin to, to build this thing. Even though the whole tournament is building towards both of them eventually meeting in the final, um, and then like he wins the belt, which he should have won because like if he may as well shoot him, he may as well take him out back and shoot him if he loses. And then like the very first match after cutting this all, all talking all that big shit. Very first match, he comes out here and, and, and has one of these matches. It's kind of like, dude, this is a match that like it's okay, but like I'm never gonna want to watch this shit again ever. And, and like, then like, is rewatchability what should matter? Probably not. But like that's the thing I mostly care about. Is like I want to see a great match that I can point out to other wrestling fans. Hey, that was great. You should check this out. And maybe that's me being too hipster about it or whatever else. But like. I want. I just want to see people like compete at, at, but compete their hearts out, and then like there's a winner and a loser, and the stakes from winning and losing matter, and like this blood and shit is not like that is not like that is fake drama. That's not real drama. Yeah. Like if you do it that much often, it turns into fake drama. Like obviously the blood is always is usually always fake, but like if you go to it this often, then it just becomes like oh it's more trope shit. It's like this is you, you know making it a, into a flat-out formula as opposed to, like, you know, filling what the crowd needs or filling this needs it for whatever story you're trying to tell at the time. This was for a story. This was for a random bout. A right. random and, title bout. And they've proven themselves to be 
more considerate way smarter, more, way more yeah, considerate more, than this, like more like thoughtful in their storytelling than this, like to allow it to like get bigger. And now he's facing Mark Quinn next week. Like Mark Quinn hasn't had a singles match in three years. I understand he's a replacement for Phoenix, but it's like. <sighs> All right, let's see it. Like, it's, it's going to be, you know, like these just bum of the week matches. Like, I thought this TNT title was, like, you know, on par with the world title. So, we'll see. Um, and don't get me wrong. Like, he did a lot of – he at the beginning, he did a lot – or parts of the match, he did a lot of stuff that, like, worked with, like, the Darby match where, like, I'm so much bigger than this dude that I have to play the heel. And I think that, honestly, like, regardless of how great Cody was as a um, – as a babyface in November, like in the ring, he probably does his best stuff as a heel because, like, when you're a heel and you do the shenanigans, I can I can be like, okay, well, that's your thing because, like, the babyface is just bettering you. But like, when you're this inspiring babyface and all the shit is in your match all the goddamn time, it's it's just it, it's just very exhausting. He just it, Cody has worn on me um, with this stuff over the last uh, welcome two months. Welcome, yeah, I guess you know. so. Welcome to the island. You know, I, I, I've been on for a while. So, um, but, you know, overall, all right, show like not like nothing blow away, I'd say. Um, but like, I probably have to rewatch the the tag match in the opener, but I thought it was the best match on the card. Like, I don't whether or not I'll be give that three and a half. I don't know. Yeah. Um, what else we got? That's really it, bro. Yeah, it's really it. Um, but yeah, so um, make sure you guys um, send us your Kente memes, um, <laughs> all that shit, and uh, yeah, anything, uh, any anything newsworthy on Raw happened during the show? Um, uh, no. Oh, we're getting Oscar versus Charlotte now. Yeah, apparently, yeah. yeah. And then um, Bailey and um, Sasha are on commentary. Okay, James. Question for you: What wrestling move would you want to do to a racist? What wrestling move I don't do a racist? Yes. Uh, I don't know. Punch to the face. Punch to the face. I, I'll go with the V trigger. Uh, I saw that was going around on on Twitter, and I um, you know, I, I pulled the V trigger from when he fought Naito. So I'm showing you, James, here that you can see. I don't, you know, everyone won't be able to see, but why, you can go to my Twitter and see. Why don't you pull out the V trigger that like? That uh, that Kenny and Meltzer line about that knocked out Evil at, at in that one G one. I can do that one too, but yeah. um, I, I I didn't find that one right away. So <laughs> okay. yeah, I mean I don't know if we're, if we're, if you're gonna be serious and like I don't know like uh, mm, I don't know some involving a slap or a chop I guess you know. Um. So like, apparently will be met with disrespect. The um, there's a WWE pay per view next week. Backlash. Um, there's oh, a couple, yeah. couple things on the card. Yeah, uh, yeah, I forgot about that. Let's do that. Let's rapid let's fire it. So, yeah. um, uh, McIntyre and Lashley. Kind of into it as a heavyweight match, just on paper. I don't know anything about the storyline, but um, kind of want to see it. Is this is this the the big E corollary? No, it's not. It's, well, like I don't know. It's not I, big sweaty men slapping meat. I, oh, it is, but I I didn't okay. think of it like that. It was just like, oh, okay. oh that's an interesting matchup. Yeah. I, like, I I'll, I'll check it out. You can have your five star match. You can have your thirty minute classics. Not me. <laughs> I want to see big sweaty men slapping meat. Yeah, it's one of them. Um, hey man, they could they could um, stand to do a shock title change here. 
uh, and then, you know, have Lashley have that shit and then get that shit back when the fans come back so he can get actually get a pop for winning the belt. This is what I'll say. After watching Johnny Gargano win the title and having to drop it two months later and watching Rhea win the belt in uh, December just to lose it in fucking early April, I'm tired of baby faces. Uh, mm-hmm. that I'm tired of top baby faces in this company chasing out their belt for fucking ever and then losing it in short succession. Fuck off with that. Yeah. Like, like if, like, no, like Moxie needs to hold this shit until November. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm tired of it. I'm, t- I want some drama wrestling. I'm tired of this shit. Where it's all about the chase and blah, blah, blah. no, like chase these. Yeah, like how about this? How about we have a top star win a belt and he's and we keep focusing on him being over and we focus on having that dude doing something interesting while on top or her interesting while on top. Look, um. My evil Tony, they figured out how to do that shit with, with stardom. They, uh, I, I would assume that if we still had uh, in New Japan, they would figure out how to do something interesting with Naito. Why is it in America we can't figure this out? Um, yeah, every because everyone wants to be um, the NWA, like, like every promotion, like, like, um. They um, also have a two-on-one handicap match for the blue belt, uh, Braun Strowman versus Miz and uh, oh, yes, Morrison. So, so more goofy babyface champion shit. Um, yeah, yeah, Braun Strowman completely ice cold. Completely yeah. just yeah. this is this is trash. So, yeah. um, Oscar versus Nia Jax for the Raw Women's Title. Good God, um, just don't just don't hurt Oscar. Just don't. yeah, just just don't. Uh, like, Jeff Hart. Oscar is literally the only reason why I turn on Raw ever. Almost, it feels that way. Like Damn. she's on. Like the like literally since uh, WrestleMania. That's it. Like what the fuck am I supposed to turn on Raw for to watch like all these dudes like wrestle these like good but sh- matches that aren't long go- that don't get enough time to go long and then like it ultimately means because no one's gonna get over. Like, bro, Seth Rollins lost at WrestleMania twice and became number one to contender next pay-per-view. Yeah, I don't even see him on the card. Where he lost it because he's doing a single Rey Mysterio. Ah, uh, okay. Like, Becky announced she was pregnant, and then on the main event of that show, he pushed, he attacked Ray and then pushed him eye first to the corner of a steel step. And they've been doing this thing where they've been teasing and talking about, like, Ray possibly retiring for, like, two weeks, two, three weeks now. Sounds compelling. Um, <laughs> can you sense the sarcasm? Um, <coughs> you want, do you want to watch the Street Profits in uh in the in the uh, the Viking Raiders? Do you want to see no. them? Do you want to see them play golf or play basketball or, or, or no. bowl or, or or do they did track and field this week? Bro, I watched one Raw this year. The one I watched, I turned the second the show off during the, the golf. golf right? Once yeah. they went to the golf. Yeah. Um, so we got Jeff Hardy and Sheamus and on, you know, with their drunk driving angle uh, that they did on SmackDown, you know, a couple of weeks ago or whatever. This that is was, goofy shit. What, or, last or Friday. Was yeah, it was, it was Friday. Friday. So Jeff's out. Has has the culprit been found yet that did this to Jeff? Are we still supposed to presume that like our baby face is a piece of shit like it's Sting like after uh, like, you know, Look, man. Like Sting, when you know he came out and proved that he actually wasn't the. Uh, there was two Stings in '96. Look, I don't like this. This ain't a good sign. Um, 
I feel like you know if Jeff, Jeff is back with fucking pa- face paint. I'm, never mind. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, Jeff Hardy and Sheamus. Um, this this whole card is like you know, damn. The end of the 2010s. You how, know, is back. How long ago was it? When was it? Last year or was it two years ago when Sheamus kicked out Jeff's teeth? When when Jeff was just sitting still, wow. and nearly milled. That, that was him. That was him. Yeah, that was two years ago. Wow. All right. Yeah. So. Wow. Um, uh, so so check this out. They've got Edge and Randy Orton, McIntyre and Lashley, and Hardy and Sheamus. Is it like 2008 in WWE or 2009? Like what the fuck? Well, Sheamus should have been like 2009, right? 2008. He was in ECW. Okay. So yeah, yeah, 2008. Yeah, it's just whatever, man. Yeah. Like it's, it's just funny to see all these ones end up on this show. There's a triple, there's a triple threat women's uh, tag title match between Sasha and Bailey versus the Iconics versus Alexa and Nikki Cross, yep. and it's like, who could possibly care? Yeah. yeah. Um. So, uh, and then there's a U.S. title rematch in Drade and uh, Paula Cruz. Maybe they'll get a couple minutes here, and that's, maybe they'll jump. That's, your only, jump, jump, that's, that's your, your only hope. That's your only hope for a for a classic match. Oh, what do you mean, James? We got we got the one match that I haven't named yet the the greatest wrestling match ever. Uh, Th- Edge versus fair. Randy Orton. That's fair. Given what I've heard about the match, I imagine they're going to have a great straight match. Will it be the greatest match of all time? Fuck no. But like, it's it's Randy Orton and his and his Edge, and they tried apparently. So we'll see. I don't know I what the finish is. Up. Look, I will cut a finger off if it's the greatest wrestling match of all time. Like, well, come on. That, 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 like, you know, what, like, okay, so Amanda Nunez, uh, her match, her, uh, her fight at UFC, somebody put down at a, at a sports book a million dollars to win $160,000, right? Mm-hmm. They put up a million dollars to only win $160K. Yeah, that seems that, dumb. That's, it's Manny Nunes in like the well, yeah. bro. Like she beat the okay. So the scoring for that card because it, it went it went all the way to the distance, right? The scoring was 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 uh two cards gave it uh fifty to forty four, which means that she, Nunez won every round and one of the rounds was a ten eight round. It wasn't even that close. It should have been at the least uh two uh ten eight rounds. But whatever, like that's the kind of beating that Nunez put on um uh, old girl. Those are the, I would t- those are the kind of odds that like that you should give Edge and Randy Orton <laughs> for, for having the best match ever, like or, or uh, like for not like, having for it for not having it. It's like look, you <laughs> like yeah oh oh you oh you want to bet a, oh you want to win one hundred and sixty thousand dollars that they that they won't have that kind of match. All right, put a million. That's that's the kind of odds that they should be given. Like. It's not gonna happen. I'm not concerned about it happening. It's just stupid branding because they they want to fuck with marks. Yeah, whatever. they want to fuck fine. with people. Whatever. Whatever. Don't take this remotely serious. Yeah, I don't even. Please. I'm not even. Gonna, I'm not even holding it against me. That's how not serious I'm taking that. Like, but just it's have funny. A good match. Just have a it's really funny. good match. They they did all this all this clout chasing all this bullshit and then they did an edited match. They lowered the rim for these niggas. Come on, man. Hey, whatever. So, um, well, I've been watching. I've been watching all of this NXT and Raw and whatever else, and like you can tell, shit is edited anyway. So like, look, they didn't show uh, 
uh, um, um, Kyrie bleeding her her, her fucking forehead. Oh off, yeah, uh, last week. Yeah, yeah. So like, I'm not holding against. Like, if they edit it, good for them. Like, may look. I, I wish they edited all the matches. I wish every match could be edited uh, so they get the right camera angle and, and we can watch better matches. Quite frankly. Oh man, yeah. You know who don't need editing though? New Japan. <laughs> <laughs> Stardom ain't got no editing. Well, I'll take that back. They're samurai, they're samurai copies, dude. But on Stardom World, there is no editing. They just run the match. Just, just run it. Um, yes. But yeah, I think that's all I got. Uh, you know, look for, you know, what a show coming up. Uh, okay, so. Sounds like a really bad show, honestly. Sounds but, like. Yeah. Hopefully, uh, hopefully Apollo and Andrade uh, come through. I can't remember the last WWE pay-per-view that happened where I was like, I have no interest in watching this whatsoever. Like, even when I was taking breaks, I'd be like... Elimination uh, Chamber? Elimination Chamber. Of this year? I cared about the late, the, what was going to happen with Shayna more. Mm. I really did. Gotcha. I, tr- I really did, but, like, because she's going to be Becky's opponent going to WrestleMania, but, like, this is, like, who could possibly give a flying fuck? Yeah, McIntyre versus Lashley. You've never done with shit with Lashley for in a, in a you know. Man, finally gets a the world has to go to hell for him to get a WWE title match. <laughs> Pretty much, like I, I don't know. Like, wait, is there is there actually going to be a Street Profits versus War Raiders match? It's not announced, but I would be stupid if there wasn't one. It would be stupid. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 Uh, that's. I ain't got nothing else. I think that's it, man. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so that's in the show. Be sure to rate us on whatever app you're using to listen to this. Be sure to tell the folks. Um, I'm sorry. Oh, be sure- one more thing. Jeremy just started a weekly dynamite preview column on social suplex. Um, so if you guys want to check that out, go to social suplex.com. His first one, uh, just released on Twitter as we're recording this. So you guys will already hear this, um, you know, late Sunday, Monday morning, whenever you hear that, but, uh, Jeremy is putting some out okay. in writing. Is he also touching on dark or just dynamite? Looks like, uh, just dynamite. Okay. Okay. Um, so shout out to Jeremy and keeping a strong style, you know, the, the, the carries of, uh, of the, of this podcast network also covering the best wrestling in the world. I'm jealous. <laughs> I'm not jealous of the situation where there's no wrestling for them to cover right now. We're covering old shit, but like when it comes back, I'll be jealous of them. Uh, so yeah. Uh, yeah. Like I said, be sure to rate us on whatever app you're using. Listen to this. Um, to go, um, check out, uh, one of the sponsors for the show, PowerSlam.tv. They have over 5,000 hours of footage from all over the world. You can use the code SoulSuplex to get your free month's trial. Um, check out ProWrestlingTees.com slash SoulSuplex and get some official SoulSuplex uh, Podcast Network merchandise. Um, check out our Discord. Um, what's, what is the link to Discord uh, to our Discord, Rich? Um, you should see it. I think it's pinned to the SoulSuplex Twitter. Yeah, and it's also uh, in, linked into our description uh, in this podcast. Um, also check out the other shows on network. This show, One Nation Radio, on Sundays or Mondays if we have to cover a, a pay per view, um, a Sunday pay per view. Um, keeping a strong style on Tuesdays, Mondays, uh, Wednesdays, the Ricky and Clyde Rusting podcast. Every other Wednesday, Grown Men Watch This Shit. 
Fridays, Get in the Ring, and on Saturdays, All Things Elite. Um, thanks for listening. Peace. Later. Okay, so I told y'all that we were going and later and all that, but late breaking news. Um, New Japan had a press conference at 11 o'clock, and luckily I was still just bullshitting with Rich on the line while Asuka and Charlotte were killing in the main event until Naya ruined that. And we decided to watch the press conference, and lo and behold, New Japan is back, baby! <laughs> so Yes, uh, sir! Yes, so to to uh, celebrate and also drop some information for y'all to you know to gather in the excitement of New Japan being back, uh, we have with us Jeremy Donovan of Keeping It Strong Style. What's going on, Jeremy? Nothing much, man. Just excited, man. New Japan is back. Just watched this press conference. <laughs> yes. Ready to get the ready to get it rolling, man. Look, look, the best part is right. We we are so like look. Screw uh, what's his name. Oh my God! What's his name right now? Screw Nip Aldis in his in his talk about about the the pure fetishization, <laughs> right? Rich, look, we we haven't talked. To, we just got called into Jeremy. Jeremy has on a Queen's Quest shirt, and me. I don't know if you've seen this, but like as you can see, Jeremy has a Mario Shirai shirt. Yeah, <laughs> like <laughs> we're getting we're getting, our, yes, we're getting Pearl back. So where do y- where do y'all want to start as far as uh, giving information and thoughts on it? Uh, Jeremy, you watch it. You you can jump it off. This is your sport. This is your specialty. <laughs> yeah. So started off. Uh, we had a Sugabayashi coming on there and just uh, talking about you know New Japan being gone for so long, and they announced that New Japan will be back on June fifteenth. They're going to be do, doing a special uh, uh, no fan show, part of the T- Together Project series that they do on NJPW World. So it's to be Monday. Um, 7 p.m. Japan Standard Time. Um, special comeback event. The card will be announced that night by the ring announcer, so we don't know the card going into that. And then following up from that, they are uh, doing the New Japan Cup. New Japan Cup will run from June 16th to July 3rd, with the finals taking place July 11th at Osaka Joe Hall. The winner of that will face Naito the next night in Osaka Joe Hall for both belts. And that will be this year's Dominion. Yeah, man. Um, I was very happy to hear the return uh, of New Japan. They're starting with what looks like to be another um, New Year's Dash type show. It's like a surprise card. So who knows what we see on there? Maybe we see some outsiders even come in as New Japan. Um, And I I don't know if you caught that Dominion will probably be like with one third of the audience there. Um, So that's going to be very important um, to see how that goes, especially like, you know, gathering large audiences uh, back together again. But um, very happy New Japan returned and uh, Sukubayashi looked very like thankful for the fans that, you know, kept their subscriptions going. And they've been through a lot like uh, New Japan. They didn't fire anybody. They didn't they they shut down quicker than everybody else. Uh, They did have, you know, they they had a they don't have a weekly television contract. So they had a different situation than WWE or AEW had, but kind of still difficult in itself. And it looked like they showed a lot of restraint while they could have had these guys out there and being reckless. They didn't. Uh, so props to them for that. And, you know, if anybody deserves to come back hard and strong as them. Definitely. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm just so happy. Like it, it, it's been really frustrating as someone that like, so, most of my or a lot of my favorite wrestling these days is coming out of New Japan and come out of stardom and like they just 
been effectively just hermetically sealed. It's almost you know like obviously we had the uh, the title defense with Naito against um, Kenta, but it's almost like we to me as a person that like parachutes in on like the hot matches and and you know the big shows. It felt it feels kind of like you know we got the uh, new beginning and then like we just shut the door after that almost. Uh, but I mean I went a little longer after that, but like it's been so long and you know it, it's interesting to see some of the layout for some of the first round matchups though. Like to see, you know, and also some of the matchups we have, like you know, for for example, like Saber and Ibushi, um, that's gonna be great. Shingo in um, Show, which plays off of you know last year's best Super Junior stuff. Um, you know, is Okada versus Gato a, a, a yes? <laughs> that's gonna be a big <laughs> brain maker. One, two, three, squash them. <laughs> I can't wait. Yano's in something. Um, it's Tanahashi and Taichi, right? Yes. Yeah. So I'll, I'll go through the matchups okay. here. So, Not, uh, yeah. So, like, uh, one of the brackets, we got uh, Yoda Suji versus Togi Makabe. So, uh, Jeremy, will Makabe take a bump in that match? No. <laughs> that match will be Yota Suji chopping Makabe, him not taking a bump at all, and then eventually body slamming him and doing the King Kong knee drop, getting that man out of there. That's it. Um, then we got uh, Desperado versus Tomohiro Ishii. Could this oh. be the year for, for my dog uh, Ishii? <laughs> we put it together, you know, get a steal a Dominion main event real quick, you know. Um, we got Jado versus Yano. So that's yeah. full of shenanigans. Uh, you know, Master Heater versus Yano. Um, and then. Does Jado get to come into the ring with the Kendo stick or no? Is that frowned upon? Bro, so Jado will probably be. You remember how um they used to start the match with the weapon on on the video games and Nintendo sixty four. That's like how Jado got to do it. He got to start the match with the weapon, and then if he drops <laughs> it, the weapon disappears. And I'm guessing like Yano, like he's going to like. What if Yano like defends himself and shields himself from the from the uh, Kendo stick with one of the one of those porn DVDs that he sells? Anything is possible. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, I miss New Japan so much that I don't even hate the idea of Yano in the ring. Hey, that boy, that boy scratching. Then we yes. got uh, Hanma versus a new addition. Juniors are in, um, and not Will Ospreay. Hiromu Takahashi. So, Jeremy, uh, what do you make of Hiromu's inclusion in, in this? Do you think it's like a red herring? Like, we're going to get that match we didn't get at the anniversary show? Like, there's a couple winners I see. I think he's one of them. Yeah, so clearly there's a, a lot of, um, you know, foreign talent such as Will Ospreay and guys like that who weren't able to make it back in the country in time Jay for White. these shows. Jay Whiteo, uh, Juice Robinson, a lot of David Finley, a lot of those guys, a lot of the guys in not available for this show. So, yeah, they're pulling in juniors, they're pulling in young lions, they're using all the domestic talent. Um, so I think that's the reason for pulling in Hiromu. And, yeah, like you mentioned, Rich, is Hiromu's definitely one of the winners here, and they could do the Hiromu Naito match at uh, Dominion. Yeah, and that would sell a lot of tickets and get people hype. And mean, it ain't got to sell a lot of tickets, but like, it, look, look, it would sell tickets be, fast. Yes, let's say that. very fast. Yes, yes, that one third is gonna be gone quick. Yes, you know? yes. <laughs> <laughs> look at this sellout capacity crowd. <laughs> I, I can't wait to be like Naito only drew some so much that man even slipping as a draw now. What's going on? Naito only drew a third of the building. Yeah, they ain't had funny. his problem a couple years ago. You know, oh, man. Um, but uh, the second night, so that would be the Gato Okada match. Uh, we got 
sandwich. Can, can he beat Gato and Gato not take like, oh, he doesn't wear the headband anymore, but can he just wear the Kangol and during the match and then lose with it on? Take the Rainmaker and he knocks the Kangol off. This about to be some. This about to be some real goofy shit. It, it really is. Like, okay, so what would be better? He tortures. He beats him with quickly, or he tortures him and then he beats him. Which one would be better in y'all opinion? Uh, I think he needs to torture him. Okay, grind him, stretch him, man. See. See, I'm having I'm having flashbacks depending on what Fed has abused me in the past. Like I'm thinking of like this is gonna be some John Laurinaitis, John Cena <laughs> shit where like Cena beats the shit out of Laurinaitis for forever and then all of a sudden like, oh my god, Jay White is broken is broken, <laughs> you know. Uh uh I'm sorry, uh, the quarantine he just came out here and just bashed in on Oma- Okada's head. Like I forgot I forgot what we're talking about. Forgive me. Sorry. Yeah. It's um, gonna be fun. Then we got Minoru Suzuki versus Yuji Nagata. Good, nice old man match. Yes. Um, we got Yoshinobu Yoshi Kanemaru against um, Yu Mora, uh, Young Lion, and then Gabriel Kidd versus Taiji Ishimori on that second night. So Ishimori, another junior in there. Excited to see him in there. Um, third night. So we've got Taichi versus Hiro- Hiroshi Tanahashi. That's going to be awesome. Um, that, could be one of the best ma- that could be the best match of the first round. Could be. Um, well, the next one might be, yeah, Zack Sabre Jr. versus Kota Ibushi. Yep, that's those are contenders. Those are definitely uh, con- the contenders. Um, Sonata versus uh, Taguchi, and then we've got Shingo Takagi versus Show. So that's another contender right yep. there. So yeah, yeah night night three, June twenty second. That's, that's that's gonna be the hot night right there, bro. Do you think they would like? like I, I don't know how the brackets are gonna break down, but like. I am very excited at the possibility of a Shingo Tanahashi match. Oh my god! I didn't. Yeah, yeah. These will all be empty arena. We didn't mention that, but um, they're starting there first. Um, So, like, like eventually, anyway, when we get to G one, eventually, like some of the usuals in each block are gonna have to be split up. So, like, you can see like a Shingo thrown into a block. Um, a uh, for example, like a Tanahashi thrown into a B pop potential. So, like Shingo and Shingo Okada to come roll with the dogs one of these years. In the, in the <laughs> That's what I mean. Like, eventually, like one one of these super ace motherfuckers is gonna have to come out here and, and be out there in the B block in you the know. thug section. Yeah, because Okada ain't been in the third session since 2017. He's been taking taking life pretty section in the A block. Yeah, you know we know we know who who keeps that that murderer's role going in um the B block. <laughs> yes, it's like Obushi, Ishi, Naito, like, and shit. Shingo was there last year, so yep. yeah, or like, Goto. They, they brought in Shingo last year to like replace like Kenny, I guess. Yeah. Um. Then um, the fourth uh, block, uh, we got Tenzon. So uh, Tenzon making making a final go at it uh, <laughs> versus Yoshihashi. Bushi versus Yo. Evil versus Jeremy's guy, Satoshi Kojima. That's and right. My dog Kojima going to beat that bum evil. Get him out of there. Hey, hey that, that, that is a big E special. Yeah, they're going to be hitting. Big sweaty yeah. men slapping meat. Yes. And then we've got Yujiro Takahashi and Hiroki Goto, the master of the New Japan Cup. Hiroki Goto, that is. <laughs> Any shot in hell uh, of Goto putting putting a run here together? Well, they gave him a softball. They gave him Yujiro yeah. in the first matchup there. So, 
don't know. His, his bracket looks a little weak, so yeah, he, he might like, he could break through. Yeah, you can yeah. see him easily getting out of the first two rounds easily. Because, like, I yeah. mean, you know, well, you know, Goto and Evil or Goto and Kojima, like, you know, that's going to be a great match. But, like, you can see either, you can see, you know, Evil or um, or Goto just, you know, advancing. So, yeah. And every one of these nights, there's going to be a special match that they did not announce. So um, I don't know whether that's going to be a tag match. I don't know whether it's singles, but every single one of those nights is going to have a special match with it. I'm assuming it's going to be something with Naito probably since he's also not in the tournament. So maybe Naito versus somebody, a young line or some other guy that's not in this tournament. I'm not sure who that could be. Yeah, that should be interesting. Yeah, yeah, we, we, we got to get T-shirt Naito out there. That's what the streets need. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah but bottom line, New Japan's bad. They're gonna have like seven shows to close out this month, and I'm pretty excited. There'll be empty arena, but like, I, I'm interested to see what what they do with it. Yeah, and we've we've talked about this on keeping a strong style with New Japan. Like, I feel with them, like also they're more sports based presentation. And I feel it's going to be more similar to the UFC UFC shows that have been happening in Jacksonville and Las Vegas, where it's all focused what's happening in the octagon. With New Japan, I feel like it's going to be all focused what's happening in the ring, and you're not really going to notice, for the most part, that you're, you're missing the fans because they're going to be they're going to be slugging, they're going to be fighting out with each other. It's not it's not going to be pandering for yeah. the crowd, pretending the crowd's there and talking to a hard cam and all this yeah. nonsense. It's so. not going to be it's not going to be any motherfuckers running to a wall and sh- and then turning around bladed. <laughs> I was gonna ask: Is anybody gonna blade in New Japan? Is anybody gonna, you know, gonna yeah. gonna cut a promo on their opponent in the middle of the match, loud for the for the hard cam? Is you know anything like that gonna be? Going Are people on? gonna be beating on plexiglass around the ring? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, Gladys back, and they brought out Tanahashi at the press conference. Tanahashi was dressed presidential. He introduced himself like we didn't know who the fuck that was. Like, come on, Ace. Um, had, had the hair straight, hair straight, long. Looks like you've been growing it out. Yeah, Look, flat fresh. Had a couple months off. Look, so uh, so who, who we got, gentlemen? Who who are we picking? Mm, well, I, I'm not I'm not getting my final picks yet because I'm sure we're gonna break this down on Kiss uh, next week. Gotcha. Uh, so I'll, I'll say I'll save my final predictions for that show. Okay, that's fair. Um, yeah. Uh, I mean. The the Hiromu thing just seems so good that I'm in. I want that match. Uh, you know, I felt like it was it was robbed for me from the freaking anniversary show. So, um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with with getting back to that match. Hiromu versus Naito. I mean, <coughs> if they don't do it here, it's only because they plan on doing it later. Because that's a match that's just box office written all over it. Right, and and both men have been teasing it throughout this quarantine break and just I think it was yesterday or two days ago Hiromo said you know they should do um, best of the Super G1 and have <laughs> uh, and he would win it and then he would main event against Naito at the Dome that's hey. a, that's how, how was Shawn Michaels of him you know I'd win I'd go over <laughs> and then, you know we can take hey. it from there you know I would have absolutely no problem with, Knight, with uh, Hiromo winning a G1 like I mean, it's probably too early for for um, Osprey. You can't go back to Okada and, and Naito this damn quick. Tanahashi, he won it two years ago. Um, 
what well, what are you gonna do? Are you gonna are you are you gonna give are you just gonna give it to Abushi again? He just won last year. Can't do that can't really do that. Um I mean there have been repeat winners before. Like what the, what options do you have? You they're never gonna they're never gonna do it with, with Ishii. They're, they're never gonna do it with Tai Chi. Kenta, they just dispatched Kenta or not. Yeah, you know, he's not in the tournament. I'm, oh, I, I mean, as far as uh, the if there were a best of the of the super juniors or super G one, um, like so, yeah, Hormu would be a great option for that. I'm gonna take the ace uh, to win this New Japan Cup, and he was hinting at won the title match with Tanahashi, or excuse me, with Naito. He does um, have that fall over um, Naito that they too. did um, in that six you know person match in Lowell last year. Um, before the quarantine, he was, you know, in in uh, our our home area down here, uh, doing the belt, you know, thing. <laughs> and we all know what that means that that he wants it. So, um, if it's Dominion, that's their first real big event. Um, like I think you got to bring in bring it in with the ace. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense, and that's not that's a match has been. Um done before so it's not like you you're you know you're you're blowing a potential huge box office i mean obviously you can tell another story to get to it again um but yeah so yeah i think those are you know those would be the top two you know containers that make the most sense i mean then again like you know what if they mess around and say all right well you know sonata wins it or whatever else and then it's sonata and naito that's something that's like low stakes that they can it'll be interesting they could do too and also you could be like tease on the fact that you know we all remember that that photo shoot for that um that magazine cover where like everybody lij just belted with all the gold and there there's there's naito or sorry there's sonata the freshest dress but butt naked with nothing Yeah, so uh, the ace rides again. So uh, we we can get the IWGP title back in capable hands. You know, (laughs) I I just I kind of just want to see Haramu win just so I can go back to those memes they had when he was crying and yelling about like, no, I don't want empty arena match for this. I want people to watch me. (laughs) But but yeah, Jeremy, thanks for hopping on uh, to do this, man. Appreciate it. Uh, You want to get some plugs in, man? Yes, so I mean, make sure you follow us at Ki Strong Style on Twitter. Keeping it strong style, we'll be dropping probably around the same time or shortly after this episode of One Nation Radio. Uh, we have uh, Sir Sam from Wrestling Headlines slash Lords of Pain talking about Chinsuke Nakamura and his five IWGP IC title reigns. That's a really fun episode. And then I don't know next week. The week, yeah, next week we're supposed to have Rich on and uh, talk about uh, voting for the one of the elite members, but. We have a lot of New Japan Cup stuff and a lot of news, so I'm not sure what we're going to do quite that down the, uh, We'll have to kick that down. Yeah, the, uh, Rich, if you're still down, we'll, we'll have you on. We'll break down all this news in New Japan Cup. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah we'll, we'll figure that out. I already plugged your your uh, new column earlier in the show. It's like what fortuitous like, uh, turn of events here. So Jeremy has his, uh, the AEW Dynamite preview column, so make sure y'all check that out. He's here now, so <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> bitch up. Yeah. Um, so, hey, Rich, real quick question. When's the last time we had Josh on the show? Shit, it's been a minute. You know, we, we keep one nation radio as black as we can. Usually, but, <laughs> well, um, this is my first appearance in quite, quite some time, too. So, yeah, I mean, we got to get you back <laughs> is on. There heat? Is there heat between Kiss and ONR? You know, you know, we, you know, it's yeah, like. Maybe all we do is talk to each other every, all goddamn day. Yeah, <laughs> probably, there may be some heat. 
You're exposing the business, man. We're trying, trying to build a money feud here. You know? well, I, well, I had my little joke set up based off what I originally saying, and Rich said, no, 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 black supremacy. And I'm like, all right, well, then I, I can't really say my joke no more because his joke is better than mine. I've been topped. So it is what it is. So I guess if y'all got anything else to sign off with, I just want to say holla to everybody. Y'all got anything? We miss you, Josh. <laughs> Team Jeremy, let it off. <laughs>